What's up, bench warmers? This is episode 19 of the Far End of the Bench podcast, and we have a special guest this week, Jay Dash from the Jay Dash Show, Jim Bernier, and also the commissioner and founder of the Unhinged Sports Network, joined us for a quick episode, and, and he went through, uh, we had a little semi-interview at first, and then he went through our normal show. Our, we had to pick him with the Christmas Day basketball games and the college football conference championships. Uh, he's a Boston sports fan, so we talked a lot about that. He's actually going to be the center of attention this week. Uh, because we figured he's the guest and, and we might as well. But uh, go ahead, follow the podcast on social media at FEOTB Pod. We have our link tree and our bios there. You can find everything. The Fanatics link is in there. Go get yourself some merch before it's too late. Uh, and then also, if you're watching on YouTube or, yeah, if you watch on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe, ring the notification bell. That comes out Thursdays. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it'll be out tomorrow evening. But without further ado, man, Nico, this is episode 19. We're winding down 2021. I'm excited. Jimmy, why the fuck did we even think about bringing a Bostonian on the show? I we, We're not that high in demand. We can't really have... <sighs> I, I know. I guess I, know. I guess he's the commissioner, so we have to let it slide. Yeah, is here's here, here's episode nineteen with the commissioner. Well, look at this. It's me, Jim Renee, a.k.a. J-Dash. Not, I'm on the wrong show. I think I ran into the wrong podcast, but this is the center of attention, and this is presented by Fanatics. So, a couple weeks ago, I was called out on this show about my Bostonhood. And I just want to say, to be very focused on this subject, is that we Bostonians, we know that we're the evil empire. We know that we're heels. That's what makes it so great, that all the fans out there can't stand how great the city is. But this year, like many other years in past in other cities, like in Cincinnati and Seattle and Dallas, we do go through some pains and suffering moments. Some cities go generations without winning the championship. Some cities go 16 weeks. Well, in Boston, we've done that. We've gone 16 weeks without a championship. We've gone years without a championship. But my fandom is this. Keep hating. Keep hating. Keep hating. Keep hating. Now to the show. Wow. I can't believe we allowed that on our show. This is the Far End of the Bench podcast. Uh, you heard from Jim already if you're listening on to the audio or – Live on the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow at Network Unhinged on Twitter and Unhinged SN on Instagram. But wow, Nico, we have a Bostonian. We have a New England Patriots fan. He's a Bruins fan. Like, what are we? What What's going on? What are we? What are I, don't, we I have no idea what we're doing on the show anymore. I guess we have to respect him because he technically is our boss of the network. So we have to give him a little love. But to back to backstab him a little bit, I had to bring out the Heat jersey to Ooh. piss him off because I know he hates Miami Heat with a burning passion. So that's the only way I could have uh, um, backstabbed or gone gone back at him. So, but yeah, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have have you on, Jim. I mean. Oh man, it's 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 gonna be fun to talk about some Boston sports, but I hate doing it. Yeah, our guest this week, Jim Mernier, aka J Dash from the J Dash Show and the Commissioner of the Unhit Sports Network. Thanks for coming on. And man, no problem, bro. It's gonna be. I mean, you're our first first like network guest, first guy that's gonna try and 
go through a full episode with us with the way that we do things and you're gonna be you're gonna be arguing with us a lot i'm sure because like we said we don't let anything get by boston fans but it, you said it in your center of attention you guys don't really have anything to complain about no it's like i have a lot my family members are diehard freaking like me bostonians fans and they're like man this freaking stinks blah blah this i'm like Geisha, we's we've won 12 championships in 20 years we've gone decades without winning titles it's like be humble yes we suck this year it's you know it's sports but you know the patriots bro they're backing themselves into the playoff picture again and i can't believe it they don't deserve to even touch the postseason and it's sad they playing uh they're playing this week so are uh, playing the rams this week so hopefully they do something but please just end our misery that's the only thing i gotta say yeah, they're uh, they're as we're recording this, they're about to kick off. I think they're five minutes away from kickoff on Thursday night football against the Rams. Uh, but we're we're not going to just talk about sports because this is a good way for the our listeners to get more involved with the network and for the people on the network to maybe listen in and, and hear some stories that they might not have heard from you before. Uh, I listened to your show that when since we you kind of reached out to us and wanted to get us on the network. I listened to your show since then and. Uh, I, I enjoy your and Carlos's take. You're a lot like Nico and I. We're, we're friends, but you don't necessarily agree on everything. Um, so I guess first, where, where does the nickname J-Dash come from? Where does that, where does that stem from? Uh, the nickname J-Dash came from my high school football days. We had a wide receiver who was slow as hell. And what I mean about slow as hell, he was 5'9", built like a freaking tank, but ran about a 40 and 7 seconds. He was slow. And I was a defensive tackle at the time, and we did a drill, and I chased his ass down 30 yards. We was doing a simple corner route. And coach is like, Zach Bernier? It's like, they were like, yeah, yeah, it's Bernier. And during this time, the song WAP came out with Jay Dash. So they were like, oh, Jay Dash is running, Jay Dash is running. And I'm like, oh, God, I got that name now, Jesus. I, was like, I thought it was only overnight, it's going to go away. But no, it became a title in the yearbook. It became an intro for me in high school. I'm like, Jesus. I chased down a slow wide receiver who the dude's cool now. He owns his own car dealership here in Jacksonville. And I tackled him, and I was like, I chased down a wide receiver. Then people's like, well, he only he runs a, you know, 40 and 7, seven seconds. He's not that fast. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay, well, I know he's not going to make the combine. So the nickname started there, and my buddy still called me JDS to this day. And I still go, you know what, I'm, I need to adapt it. It's it's going to be with me to the last day I'm on this planet. So I got to adapt, and that's what I did. Uh, you, you embraced it very, very well. No kidding. I mean, it's the headline of your show. It's the headline of the network. Um, it's kind of similar to what we have as well. Like, we meet both Jimmy and I. I played one year of college ball, and Jimmy played a few years as well. And we're, done, we're both done playing. So, and, we're, and I was a, one of the last guys at the end of the bench, so that's kind of where our name came from. And Jimmy was a starter all the way until college, unfortunately, and then he had some injuries and stuff went down. But that's where our name came from. So I, I, I love y'all's name, man. It's perfect. J-Dash Morning Show gets everything started right, and the network gets rolling right at the beginning of each day. Well, yeah. we, we switched it to the J-Dash show because Carlos is like, if this show is being played multiple times throughout the day, it's going to be kind of hard calling the J-Dash morning show when it's 9 o'clock at night on the East Coast. I'm like, good point. He's like, just take the morning off and just have the J-Dash show. I'm like, good point. Let's do that. So, And plus, yeah, me and Carlos, we work together. That's, that's the idea of having a good podcast. There's thousands of podcasts out there where someone's talking, then there's like 10, 20 seconds of dead air. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to keep a crowd, you know, into a podcast or feel the narrative or feel the emotion of the podcast that's going. 
And like with you two guys, you guys are constantly, you know, either bickering at each other or you're talking about a subject or you're going on some outright rants about the city of Boston. We do understand that we have a couple of commercials on the networks that have Nico's rant about the Nuggets in yep. the postseason, which is one of his most epic rants. And uh, we've added your Boston rant. So I, for me, the, my show is basically a lot of ranting talking about sports, but also being a realistic Boston fan. There's a thousand, there's a million Boston fans. I think the Patriots like Dave Portnoy, a bar Barcel sport sports posted to, today that if the Patriots beat the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. like what the heck, Mr. Presidente, are you serious? But then again, he has a multi-million dollar company and he can say stuff like that. We can't. Yeah. That's um, you know, the nicknames and stuff are kind of what live on. And then the, the realness is something else and, and having a partner is big too. Cause I was doing my own podcast and that's difficult. I, I didn't realize how difficult it would be trying to talk for an hour and a half, just by yourself to a microphone. And then Nico and I talk about it all the time. Like one of us comes up with an idea and it's a perfect idea, but the other one would have never thought of it. Uh, so we it's it, finding a good partnership is a big part of finding a good podcast. So how did it's you, and, yeah. How, how'd you and Carlos meet? How'd you guys become friends and, and how the, the J-Dash show start? A Facebook, uh, a Twitter post. Uh, when me and Carlos were big-time XFL fans when it existed in 2001, and when it was relaunched in February of 2018 by Vince McMahon, I sent out a tweet looking for a co-host to do an XFL podcast, and he came and messaged me. And there's a lot – when you're looking for a lot of podcast partners, you want to send out feeders to them, see if they really know their stuff about certain players – and I said, okay, what was the famous linebacker that played in the, with the New York uh, – at that time, I forgot the team already – the New York Hitman. And he goes, oh, death blow. I'm like, okay, he knows his XFL. And it started then and there. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a good gauge. I was a good, I thought you were going to pull out he hate me or something like that. But That's, uh, the, that's common. Yeah, Everyone that's, knows who Rob Smart is. You could have asked what happened on the very first XFL – I can't even remember. Was it called a scramble, when their kickoff thing? Yeah, and they just threw the ball, ball. The scramble. What happened in the first ever scramble in the, in the sanctioned game? Uh, I, the guy broke his arm, didn't he? Yeah, guy broke his <laughs> arm, got sent to the hospital. The XFL's yeah, a been doomed. Of, a couple of guys broke their arm on that play, so it was not, not a good, not a good, uh, uh, it's not a the good. The most outrageous the one was the punt. Yeah, there's no fair catch. Yeah, let's get the guys killed. That won't even last at this day and age of football. That'll oh. be flags everywhere. No, they also had the, the half-naked WWE divas and everything dancing See, on the sidelines. See, that sideline, wasn't bad, so. okay? No, it wasn't, but also I don't think that you could do that in today's culture. There's a lot of things about yeah. old WWE and, and XFL stuff that you really couldn't, couldn't produce now. No. Now, the problem is is that the promotion and propping the, the league was a great idea. The problem is is people bought into a football league and got the WWE – in football and that's what turned off about millions of fans they had good ratings the first night i was actually one of the one of the first games and that was the orlando rage and the san francisco demons down in orlando not demons a rage and crap i forgot this that was the second week so it was the second week so got my weeks confused it was awesome the it was a great atmosphere but it was a young college crowd at those games there weren't no older adults with their kids that yeah. that was that's the difference between the xfl in 2001 than the xfl in 2020 and now whatever the rock does here in a few years 
Yeah, well, we don't have to spend too much more time on the XFL. Nico, did you uh, you got any more questions about Jim and maybe? Well, well, I mean, I just want to touch on the XFL stuff real quick. I mean, I think they're they got a very very bright future. I know him and uh, Garcia over there have are, know exactly what they're doing. My dad's been very lucky to work with Danny a few times um, through Phil Heath, who's one of the bodybuilders. She's helping film a production for Phil and everything um, along those natures. But the XFL is in a great spot. Uh, I guess the question I have is where did the love um, from the XFL kind of start, I guess? Um, did it, was it, was it a natural just progression? Okay. I love um, football in general. I just need more of it. Or was it like something that just clicked right away? Uh, in 2001, I was getting into football and I was understanding the game itself. So I was, you know, I was a Patriots fan, the Jaguars down here, and I just loved the game. And when I found out that the XFL was having an Orlando team, I was like, man, this is a great time to, you know, jump on a new team and, you know, be a fan and be a band and be a bandwagon fan. But back then we didn't have social media. Back then we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok to like show our support. You basically had to show up to the actual event. And my love for football was not the XFL related. It was my very first football event was in college, which was in the 1996 Florida State Florida game in Tallahassee. Florida State did beat Florida, but later in that year, Florida State went to Florida play Florida in New Orleans and got obliterated in the national title game with Danny Werfel and Steve Spurrier, uh, to name a couple of guys in that game. And my love of the game just started from there. It was my list of sports was football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. And as I got older, football's still up there, but hockey's made a massive jump. And basketball, it's still right there with baseball. I share love with all my sports. And one thing I love about football is just the atmosphere. And when I played the game, I learned to learn how to play the game as a defensive tackle and really – and, you know, you build a, you know, friendship and you, a brotherhood with your, 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 your college mates or your uh, high school teammates. And I'm still friends with them today. We still joke about certain games, even our shitty senior year that we went two and eight. We still talk about how, you know, bad we were getting obliterated by a school that won one game in 15 years. And that was their one win against us. That's, that's one thing I felt love football is the friendships and the brotherhoods that you develop as you get older and the friendships that last until this day. And it's been 15 years since I've played high school football. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite things about just playing sports in general. We, Nico and I just recorded a episode that'll come out uh, a couple weeks after this one airs, but we talk about all those different things that we learned and we still go back to, you know, youth. We, Nico and I more youth football because that's where we played a lot. And we did a lot of, a lot more different things, but, Back to eight. Was it seventh grade that you were getting stomped out in Vegas? I can't. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was either sixth or seventh grade. I got stomped out like by a whole football team. Literally, I, I tackled this kid pretty hard on their sideline, and we were kicking their ass, and they weren't very happy. And I got curb stomped, kicked, and Jimmy was one of the people that pulled me out of the pile along with one of our other friends. Yeah. So it was, it, it's one of my favorite football stories. But yeah, football stories go way back for both of us. Three South Suburban white kids from Denver, Colorado, taking on a whole host of inner city Las Vegas guys. It was it was doomed to fail, but that's like those bonds that you that you build never go away. Oh yeah, it's true. Especially getting all the defensive linemen, offensive linemen in the back of a school bus during a rainstorm, parked outside of a football field, trying to leave to go home, and the bus sinks. This <laughs> picks all the linemen, the defensive linemen. Uh, the memories of high school football have been great. So I'm that's. Memories I would cherish, and I wish I had a college career in it, but my, I blew out my knee my senior year, and 
was getting recruited by the Citadel and a lot of smaller schools. My dream was to go play for Navy, but Navy, after I blew my knee, was like, you know, we can't help you. Uh, so, but those rules will change now. So, but unfortunately, when certain doors close, more opportunity opens up somewhere else. So, that's yeah, what yeah, that's that's a the better way of looking at it. So, before we start talking about the sports that have been going on, because uh, we we got tons to talk about. We're gonna preview some NBA and talk about some. Uh, Michigan ended up canceling a couple days after we recorded our episode. So I was listening to our YouTube playing just before we started recording. We sound like idiots talking about the Ohio State Michigan game. Uh, for, the last thing I wanted to ask was where did the unhinged idea come from? Because it's it's not a new idea. If you look at Barcelona, it's basically what they what they started at. But what made you want to start one, and what were the kind of steps? Uh, that led to you starting the Unhinged Sports Network? Uh, the first off, starting the network and the idea of Unhinged was I was a person that got most of my sports information from podcasters. And there's thousands of podcasts out there. Most of my favorite podcasts, besides the ones on the network, are from Barstool. Uh, starting 9, you know, Section 10, you got PFT and all those guys. And and I went out and started looking at other podcasts throughout the world. You guys, you know, Zach's show, uh, the high-low po- high sports podcast, and all the, all the podcasts are on our network. And I was like, all these guys make good content. They're proud. They're, you know, they have energy. They bring it out what they want, talk about their ideas, and especially located in their Pacific cities. And I was like, you know, it's a good chance to, you know, develop a network that doesn't financially bind podcasts together. Like I see multiple podcast networks out there. I don't want to mention their name, but you got to sign a contract and you have to, you know, you're, you're obligated to, you know, do 10, 12, 12, 10, 12, 15, 20 type of episodes in a month period. And if you want to leave, you leave, but they own your rights. So basically you got to change your name. And I thought, I thought that was stupid. Because I reached out to one of these networks for uh, the uh, Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. It was a podcast that me and Carlos did uh, in between the XFL and Unhinged. And they were like, oh, yeah, we, we'll take you, but you need to sign this, 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 and this. And I was like, you know, that, you know I'm not doing that. So I stepped back, and the idea is that my mother was very sick at this time. And when she passed away, she's like, you know, go after your dreams. You want to be a sports broadcaster. It may hit some couple of roads. So the Unhinged Network was born from the idea of, you know, just taking the hands and controlling your, your, your agenda. And I knew approaching podcasts all around the network that are on right now, we had two of them that stepped away, but one of them did return. I told them, like, you guys want to join? This is what we're going to do. You're not, you're not obligated to do anything. You guys joined, of course. And I wanted to build a community that will stick with the podcast network and grow, promote each other. And it will lead to partnerships, live events, and making this thing get bigger as it grows. And the idea of it was trying to get a bunch of ragtag podcasts that were low, that then were getting a lot of numbers, that were, you know, you know, hitting roadblocks. And so, you know, if we join together and help each other out, we can push forward and get a better, you know, community get more connections, get more podcasts. And a couple of the podcasts on the network reached out to me, uh, especially the ones in D.C., uh, the sports and things. And they came out. It's like, well, we love your, your, your concept. Let's join. And I said, all right, let's do it. So it was, a, it was a chance to get everyone together and to build a community of sports 
no matter what you want to talk about, as you know, you can say anything on this network and you don't get banned unless you really do something fucked up, which is very rare. Um, no, I mean, not insulting Boston or insulting the Jade Ash show. Like you guys like to attack almost every show on your, every Wednesday on your show, but we gotta, we gotta punch up. We gotta go after the big dogs. Oh, oh so you're talking me as a big dog. That's nice. Uh, but yeah, it, it was an idea of starting a sports network to be the next generation. Not a lot of podcasting networks have a 24 hour live stream like we do. And we wanted to do something like that. So it gives opportunity for you guys and even the smaller shows on our, our network like the Bleacher Connection or like uh, JFO MMA Sports Talk, which he's changing his name, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, but give them more time and they'll air. And, of course, the new guy, the coach, uh, Steve Show, they give him you know, more limelight. And everyone does great – excuse me. Everyone does great quality here. And for me, I'm really honored that you guys attempted to join and joined us and, you know, work with us. And we've, we've been on there for, what, three months now? So, no, we've been – yeah, so we'll be on two months. And we've already reached over uh, 4,000 listenerships in that four-month period – two-month period. So, it's all only up from here, people. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the goals that we had um, as a network when we first well, – or sorry, as a network, sorry. As a podcast, when we first started was um, we wanted to join a network because we knew um, – when you want to get into a podcast thing, and if you look at some of our paired podcasts like um, The Fighter and the Kid or um, Bustle of the Boys is another one we talk about a lot, is um, they, they were able to join bigger networks once they got bigger. And one thing we re- we had a goal in mind, it was one of the first things we I told Jimmy when we sat down, <clears throat> excuse me, sat down and talked about the show is that we want to be a part of a network and be part of a family um, that, that we can build content with and we can still have our own stuff as well. Um, and it was, it was a perfect, it was a match made yeah. up, match made heaven. Yeah. And the reason why I reached out to you guys is because I believe that you guys can be one of the founding or one of the flagship shows crap. You're on the governing board. So that tells you a lot how much I care about you guys on the network and how much work you guys do. You guys are the most active uh, podcast on the network and you guys reach out to many things. You do live tweeting, on a thousand different sporting events. I'm like, do these guys just sit in front of a TV 99% of the day? It's crazy. Um, Sometimes it feels like that. I mean, literally like it's, it's lucky that Twitter is for your phone because whenever something pops up newsworthy, I know Jimmy and I are already on top of it. It doesn't matter what sport it is either. I know I'll put something out or I know Jimmy will put something out and we're right on top of it. It makes life easy when you're both in charge of the same account. Yeah. It's kind of hard because you don't like for behind the scenes, everybody, we all, we're all connected on Twitter. So we don't know if, if I'm talking to Jimmy or is Jimmy talking to Carlos or Nico's calling? It's like back and forth. We have no idea who's sending the messages. I'll no. get on my Twitter and go, okay, I didn't like that or retweet that. Was that Jimmy or was that Carlos? I have no idea who's doing it. So it just tells you how behind the scenes and how we are just so, you know, wanting to reach out to a community. We're slowly growing. I know our tweet, my uh, Chris Collinsworth tweet a couple of days ago, got over, I think, 400 likes. and 40,000 impressions. Yeah, so – some stupid antics like that can get a mass following. We get like 25 people follow from that tweet. So, and that's, that's today's age. If you're not on social media, if you're not constantly, you know, banging that retweet button or liking someone's tweet or calling people out on their BS, uh, no pun intended, but uh, that gets people, people watch, people listen and people get entertained. And, but what you want to talk about, it doesn't care if you're talking about LeBron James to, you know, America's top next model or whatever, people will listen if you f- piss off enough people. 
Yeah, you gotta grind today to live the life you want to do to want to tomorrow. Yeah. That's one of the mottos that I live by for sure. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's I know I really like your dad's tattoo, Nico. The uh, death will find me alive, but it sounds way prettier in Italian. That's what his dad has tattooed on his arm. But that's like, you know, this is gonna be something that's difficult starting the starting the network and starting a podcast, especially nowadays when there's like you said, there's thousands. Everybody can listen to whatever they want to. It's difficult, but we at least right now have some pieces in place that are very promising and, and it's going to become something very big, maybe quicker than anybody thought, but it's still like, I'm sure everybody that has had success on the network, I know you and Carlos probably still aren't satisfied with anything, uh, but it's good to kind of look back and, and see the good things yeah. that, that have come. So that's, uh, I mean, we'll, we're kind of running out on time on the Zoom, so we might as well go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll, I promise we'll get into some sports talk. We're not just going to go back back and forth and blow each other's egos up any yeah, more than Jim, than Jim and I have some things that we need to chirp on, so don't worry. <laughs> before <laughs> well, that, let's be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we let you get into that, go ahead and, and uh, go to Fanatics. Get yourself some Christmas stuff. They have site-wide deals all the time, and you're going to hear a little message from Fanatics before we come back. So here we go. What is up, bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? Jimmy Pilato, one half of the Far End of the Bench podcast, all the way over here in Denver. And you know what? The weather is starting to turn cold. It's starting to snow. You know what that means. Christmas is right around the corner. I know us sports fans, they love our lucky jerseys, lucky shirts, anything like that. Well, why not get something that can add to that special sports fan in your life? And, and give them something, the gift that can keep on giving year in and year out, and help out a small upstart podcasting network uh, while you're at it. The Unhinged Sports Network has recently entered a partnership with Fanatics, and that means if you use the link in our bio, that's at FEOTB Pod on Instagram and Twitter, the Fanatics link in our bio will then take you to the site. There's great deals on there every single day. They just had a 70% off Cyber Monday deal. I know they're going to continue to do more promo codes. But go through that link to the Fanatics website, buy whatever you were going to buy. They have everything from soccer all the way through to probably Division II college basketball, if, if that's what you're looking for. They have everything that you need at Fanatics for any sport, anytime, anywhere. Go ahead, support the Unhinged Sports Network by shopping through that link and make somebody's Christmas a little bit merrier. Thanks, guys. All right, and we were talking about the college football playoff possibly expanding, and while we were doing that, I pulled up the not the final rankings from 2019, but the week before the final rankings came out for the college football playoff. If we had an eight-team uh, playoff format, it would have been LSU and Wisconsin in the one-versus-eight matchup, Ohio State and Baylor in the two-versus-seven, Oregon and Clemson in the three-versus-six, Oklahoma and Georgia in the four and five. And we I'm sure everybody remembers the last time that Oklahoma and Georgia played in the bowl game. Uh, Cause that Rose bowl still, I still dream about that Rose bowl. I still turn on the highlights and it's like a 30 minute highlight video with music and everything behind it. But it was one of the most exciting college football games I can remember watching. Uh, I don't see any problem with any of those matchups. And honestly, I could see some upsets in places who knows what happened because last year Baylor with Matt rule was on a roll and Baylor would be playing uh well maybe yeah Baylor would be playing Ohio State and who knows because Ohio State did end up getting upset by Clemson in the playoff so it, there, I think that there's a lot of cool matchups so I just 
I don't understand why the NCAA won't just push ahead the expansion because they would make a lot more money too for everybody. The, the, yeah, the one only problem with that is more than likely that they'd have to cut the regular season down. You'd have to cut out some of these extra games because make, telling college players to play 20 games a season is not, mm-hmm. not ideal. So you'd have to cut down games somewhere. And maybe get rid of a bye week or something. I don't know because yeah. they each team has two or three bye weeks, so yeah, it, it's 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 all contingency off of that. But I'm 100% for 18 playoff because I just love mayhem, and that would be absolute mayhem. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I was I played at the Division two level and the D1 AA level. They have 16 team playoffs. They just play 11 games, and I think they have in D2 we didn't have one bye week because they were like, oh, these kids, you know. Uh, everybody besides Eckler has no shot. So fuck them. They can play 10 games in a row and who cares, but the division one double a gets one bye week and then they go into a 16 team playoff. So it can be done. I think the main thing is the TV revenue. They're worried about whether or not not having as many bowl games on TV would make them as much money. My argument there is you can make each playoff game a specific bowl and and probably get more sponsorships that way. What What do you think about, what do you think is holding the expansion back Jim, since you have inside sources? Conferences the conferences already have contracts with their TV networks. And when the TV networks don't want to budge, it's hard for these conferences to negotiate bigger TV deals for expansion. And it's all about money. And that's it. Yes. The 18 field that you just said was great, but one of the big, you know, sticklers in that is what about the non-power five schools? What, but who's representing them? So you can say that number eight, Wisconsin gets knocked out and that's get replaced from last year was I think Memphis was the highest ranked non-conference team. So Mike Norvell and uh, Brian Scott would be sending their team in there to uh, against uh, LSU, which would have been the one-sided you know, blowout. But still, you have to have representation of the smaller leagues. And from what I can tell is that I love this 18 playoff and I'm to a person like, you know what? Screw it. Give me a 16 team playoff. Give me more chaos. You get more represented teams. And when people say, Oh, these bowl games are not going to get their money. Have the first round be at the, the school, the higher seats home field. So they get an extra home game. So they get revenue from that. Then you go on locations, you go to all the, the power six bowl games and you can do it. They're just making excuses and they just know that, when the college football does decide to expand, it's going to make not just the same amount of money. It's going to make tenfold the money it's making now. Yeah. When they say it's they say they're not these bowl games are not going to make any money, it's bullshit. They're going to make more. They just don't want to give their rights and their naming rights to the postseason or to the college football playoff because they know that that it can backfire on them. But because they don't want to share their money with the the broad of every conference they want to keep it with the rose bowl or they want to keep it with the orange bowl or the fiesta or uh the cotton bowl and or chick-fil-a bowl they're all greedy but the college football playoff will expand it's just eventually time because as we've seen over the last couple of years there's been a lot more parity in college football than it was 10 15 years ago yeah and one way you can combat i've i've heard this argument hopefully my, my dogs aren't barking in the background um but you can have the top four or top five, be all the power five conference champions. You reserve six for the best, like the highest record of the non-power five conference champions. And then the rest is wherever you fall. Uh, that way that you always have some group of five conference champion. You have all po- five power conference, power five conference champions. And then you still have the ability for like a Georgia to lose in the SEC championship, have one loss and, and get back in as an eight. Um, so there's ways that they could do it. My thing is, I think the NCAA is going to drag its feet as long as possible to keep status quo until it's absolutely necessary that they change. And they're going to have all their plans in place and all the contingencies. And if 
if for whatever reason that first year that they expand and it doesn't make money, I could very easily see them going, hey, we told you, and now go back to the old format. Um, but that's a whole conversation about how corrupt the NCAA is. We don't have to get into all that bag of worms. I know Nico's just – That's a whole count- shit show, too. That's a whole shit show, too. <laughs> Nico's just counting down the minutes till we can talk about basketball. I'll let you guys go off on basketball because you guys aren't going to agree. It's going to be fun. I'll keep it nice. I'll keep the claws in between you guys but let's let's go ahead and get into Let, let's let's start with the thing the topic i want to talk about most because i know jim and i have two completely different ideas about this um i am a firm believer paul pierce is one of the most overrated players in nba history i think he's gerald wallace with uh kg and ray allen he was gifted the greatest shooter in the nba of all time um at the moment before steph curry obviously greatest shooter of all time ray allen and then one of the biggest enforcers and best power forwards in nba history in kg and without them he would have never won anything so let me hear your reasoning behind that jim because i think jimmy doesn't even know who gerald wallace is so he doesn't get the reference but let me hear let me hear what your take is on why paul pierce is not overrated he's the truth Oh my god! If that's if that's all you got. Then He's I the win truth. this conversation. He, he, he is he is the only shooting guard slash small forward small in forward. my well. He played the he played the two a lot. So yeah, especially when, when Antoine Walker was there, he did. Yeah, yeah, he had that. to because the point guard was either freaking Milton and who's the other guy who played back in that day. Uh, Holiday, I think it was. Yeah. Those are the depressing Celtic teams. Um, But one thing that he's not overrated in is his defensive play. Paul Pierce shut down the people. Now, him and LeBron had a nice rivalry for about six to seven seasons. When it was Cleveland, Vert, no, this is before Jimmy, pull up LeBron's stats real quick while he continues with this. Go ahead. Well, Because we can get into this conversation. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I just want Jimmy to pull Paul Pierce stats and LeBron James, when LeBron was in Cleveland, the first time he was in Cleveland, built up a rivalry, which was pretty good for us Boston fans. You know, we were big-time supporters of Paul Pierce. And Paul Pierce hit some clutch shots. And if you kept him away from the top of the key or right at the foul shot where he does a little, those little fadeaway jumpers or that pop-up uh, shot, he was money. And he was clutch from beyond three. Was he as clutch as, let's say, Ray Allen back in the day, especially with a big three-point shot down in Miami, one of the clutchest shot three-point shots in the history of the NBA? No, he wasn't. But he was the type of player where he will like to, you know, cutthroat teams like the Knicks, like the Cavaliers, like the Wizards, um, and made the Celtics not just a team that was going to be in the playoffs, that put the Celtics in championship contention, like in the Eastern Conference Finals, in the years where him and Antoine Walker were there, he personally single-handedly carried the Celtics to the Conference Finals until they got swept by either the Nets or the Sixers or the Magic or who else was another dominant team back in the day. Detroit was another one. And the Celtics were consistently a conference semifinal team and a conference final team with Paul Pierce by himself. Now, if you put Paul Pierce, let's say, with a team like the Utah Jazz when they had Carlos Boozer and Darren Rohn's AK-47, that Utah Jazz team would have stayed the same. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have changed at all. If – if Darren Williams knew how to, you know, distribute the ball very well and Boozer wasn't too busy, you know, punching people's dicks out. Um, and I was, I'm a big fan of that Utah Jazz team because I have all their jerseys and my uncle lives in Salt Lake City. So I was 
that team, I think I forgot year. That was the year Gold State made their resurgent with mm-hmm. Baron Davis and uh, Stack and Matt yeah. Barnes. Yep. Yeah, that that I mean, I'm gonna argue with for Paul Pierce a little bit here now because that that Jazz team was really really good. People are forgetting Darren Williams was a top two point guard in the NBA. Yeah, until he went to Brooklyn. Um, until he went to Brooklyn, and that whole <laughs> shit show happened. Um, is, Darren is Williams. Uh, that's not white chocolate. Never mind. That's not the white. No, it's not white chocolate. No, white chocolate Williams. was yeah. Okay. Oh, Jason Williams, Jimmy. Don't worry, yeah, you're almost you're almost getting it. That's I'm almost getting it. <laughs> as long as you're I put forth the effort, right? But the way I see it is, yeah, I would have gave Paul Pierce a lot more credit, a lot more love if he didn't lose to the Magic the following year. The Magic were a team. Um, the, when the Magic, because the because there's a year where um, the Celtics made the fi- won the finals. The following year, it was Lakers Magic because that I remember that specifically because the Nuggets lost the Lakers that year. And then the following year, it was Celtics Lakers. Well, again, that was the Lakers same Magic back. team that freaking knocked LeBron out in the conference semis. But you got to remember, LeBron was the only person on the team. His second best player was Junis Ilgaskis. That team was led by one person. Big Z? Um, oh, Big Z. Look Big at Z, it. the only good thing Big Z's got going for him is his number 11 is retired in Cleveland. Um, that team, the, the, the Boston had much more talent than, than oh, yeah. Orlando did. Um, it, it, it was unfathomable that Paul Pierce, when they needed Paul Pierce, but, Paul Pierce to step up, he didn't. But the um, question is, is was it Paul Pierce or was it Doc Rivers? Because he's had history in multiple yeah, teams that's... now with <laughs> massive talented you're, teams. You're not, you're not wrong. Work. You're not wrong with that. But the one other thing I have to say upon that is LeBron ended that man's career. LeBron, LeBron is the sole reason why Paul Pierce is forgotten about in any ranks. If you remember his, he's not um, forgotten about Boston boy. He's still a legend in Boston. He's still one of those. So, one of so the if, you, if you remember that the first year that LeBron made the finals um, was the when last year. he got swept year. by San Antonio. No, 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 with, with Dallas. No, sorry. What I'm talking about with Miami Heat days finals. Okay, okay. So yeah. his first his first year in Miami when they went to the finals in Miami. Yeah, um, He series. demolished Paul Pierce. He basically ended his career. Um, he shut him down. Everyone was saying Paul Pierce, like I want him, I want to guard him. And at that point, LeBron, I'm basically basically had twenty of the last twenty points of the game, and literally was drilling threes in his eyes, and then ended that. He went to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the dumbest trade Brooklyn ever made that in, was in their history. Fault. That's a that's book was fault so i'm not giving you shit for that but the dumbest trade one of the dumbest trades in nba history um finally they're back on track now but it took them eight years to figure that out yeah but brooklyn but, gave us uh jalen brown and jason tatum i don't know i'm still saying brooklyn's dumbest thing they've done in eight years like they finally well, got that back and the darren williams trade well yeah they, they they're just a shit organization they're the they're the stepchild over there in new york yeah. but they could be better now but they gave uh, utah the, donovan mitchell <laughs> no, no no nuggets did nuggets drafted him the oh nuggets, yeah, that's right okay yeah i'm a few years yeah. late okay what this meant more was to the 72 Dolphins, the undefeated guys, you know, the old guys, the guys who are like 75 years old right now, smoking the stogies and watching as the final seconds ticked off the clock against the football team or when they played the Redskins. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, have been fraudulent. They have played against banged-up defenses, backup quarterbacks. Uh, we mentioned this on NFL Unhinged, so, which you can hear on Sundays at uh, 10 a.m., um, we've mentioned that this team has been lucky to be successful. But in the NFL, you play whoever's in front of you, and they won games that way. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say about the Steelers team is you lose to the football team. You lost to one of the worst teams in the league and one of the worst divisions ever in the NFL. And you didn't look good at it. You struggled against – 
Washington, yes, Washington has a good defense. But come on. Uh, you struggled against Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. You struggled against Cleveland a couple weeks ago. Even Cleveland had Baker Mayfield. But you sit back and you look at the old body of work, what Nico was saying about the Steelers. They haven't beaten a lot of league quarterbacks. Yes, they've beaten you know, Kansas City, but that was so early in the year, and Kansas City has gotten so much better since then. If, in my opinion, if Pittsburgh is in the first round, they lose the home field advantage or lose the number one seed, they're going to have to play a Buffalo, or they're going to have to play a Tennessee, or they're going to have to play a scrappy Baltimore team. And, and how they're playing over the last couple of weeks, and Big Ben showing signs that he can't complete a 15-yard pass, I don't know. It's going to be pretty difficult. So, yeah, I agree with Miko. Uh, if they don't get the first round by, they're done in the first round. And if they do, they get to the second round, and they don't have enough. Uh, they were exposed against the Reds, our football team. Yeah, the football team did more than I thought they were going to. <clears throat> when I first was thinking about it, I thought that it was better for the football team, but it is pretty bad. I mean, I can give the Steelers the, the shit that they deserve. They're, they've ruled my conference for so long, made me hate my hate my football life. Um, Big Ben, I, I, let's, let's talk about the quarterbacks because Big Ben, I think he's on his way out. He's approaching that Peyton Manning 2015 kind of stage of his career where he's probably trying to stay around for another championship. Um, I don't think that they're good enough to offensively this year. But what are we what are we thinking about with uh, Alex Smith? Do we do we think that he could be a starter somewhere else? Because I don't think he's going to be in Washington long term. Or do we think that this is probably just like a storybook, a cherry on top of his his career? I think it's it's is is this is it. This is his final hurrah. This is he can get it. Say that he can come back from the injuries and but. If you watch the last couple of games, yeah, he's decent. He's a good – he'll be a good backup, but him as a starting quarterback for a franchise, this is not Alex Smith from 2012. This is not Alex Smith when he played in Kansas City or in San Francisco. It's not. It's it's it, it's hard that he got hurt, um, but from what he has done to come back from that injury, from literally having a chance of dying from this injury to playing back in the NFL – and pulling off a win like against the Pittsburgh, uh, I think this is it. I think this is his final raw saying that you can do it. But he'll play a couple of years, but he's no longer a starting quarterback. Yeah, no, it's it's very unfortunate. I mean, it's he he's not a franchise quarterback right now. It's it's he's played enough year, years in the league. If if his injury would have happened maybe in year one, two, or three or something, then we could say maybe still has potential, but he is at the back end of his career. Uh, I think this what this does show is um, I'm not sure if he's a free agent, but if he is, I think teams are going to look at him now to possibly be a mentor quarterback. Um, we, we see that with Colt McCoy in New York. Um, he stepped in for the Giants, and he's been a mentor to Daniel Jones and helped him out. Um, I think teams are now going to look toward that. I mean, he could stay there in – Washington and be that for Dwayne Haskins if they keep him or if they decide to go a different direction in the draft, whatever it may be. Um, but either way, like it's, he deserves to finish the rest of the season now. Knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt, but he deserves to finish the rest of the season now. He's, he's going to be the um, comeback player of the year. He's going to be the comeback player of the decade at this point. Um, they should just his, make the trophy uh, Alex Smith trophy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unfortunate that it's at the end of his career, but he could honestly, one thing that we were, we should not. Um, exclude is him being a coach. Um, I think that could be a very good possibility. He does have a pretty good mind. He's been under coaches like Andy Reid, Ron Rivera, um, 
and and I mean Harbaugh too as well. Like it's it, he's had a lot of great minds as as coaches. So that could be possibly a thing. He could be a QB coach, could be an offense coordinator in the future. But I do think his mind is going to be used. But after this year, I don't think he'll be a starting quarterback anywhere. Uh, yeah, I think that he could be. He probably still has a few years that he could back up somebody, and that would be uh, similar to a Nick Foles situation, I think. Um, but him as a coach, I could see him maybe possibly following the same steps as Frank Reich, where you start after your backup career is over, you go be a quarterback coach, position coach, and then offensive coordinator, move up the line. I do think you know this proves, if nothing else, it proves that he's going to be successful with whatever he whatever he does next because that is a whole hell of a lot of mental toughness exuded in one person. He probably has more than a lot of people put together. I don't, <clears throat> I mean, I had a situation where I had, I, I was very close to almost, you know, not being able to make it out of the hospital, but him being able to do that and come back and be the player that he is now. Uh, it, it's just one of those great stories like that. Washington's had some really great stories this year with Ron Rivera, coaching going through chemotherapy being in remission and now with alex smith it's just i mean it's it's just tough their organization organization is just in a shit show up up top because they have the right they they finally have the right people on the field now they just got to figure everything else out yeah i'm sure carlos hates dan snyder he might be he's up there with mike brown as one of the worst owners in in football well these are the guys with sports and things they despise them man they're not allowed to speak his name on the show. That's how bad he's been in the D.C. Hey, area. That, that's us with our baseball team, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Our general manager of the baseball team wants to trade away the one of the greatest defensive third basemen of all time. To our division rival. Yeah, to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Because it's not like the Dodgers don't have enough stars already. There, there we go. Nico got me fired up. Uh, we're, we're not going to get into baseball as, as much as I would like. Uh, we're probably going to go into and cut again. And then when we come back, we'll go through our ending of the show segments and our special little pick them with J dash from the J dash show here on the unhinged sports network. All right. And now it's, it's time to get into the best part of the show. I love the ending of the show segments and I listen all the way through. Yes. I listen to myself talk. I'm a narcissist that way. It's fine. It, it works. I listen all the way through to hear what I said in the ending of the show segments. See if I think the same way. Um, but now we have a special guest. Jim is going to go through our ending of the show segments as well. We're going to start with a pick em. We gave you our picks for the college football conference championship games, but we got Christmas Day basketball coming up. And Nico likes to stick it in my craw that Christmas Day basketball is better than Thanksgiving Day football. That's fine. He can he can think what he wants. But these Christmas Day games are, are good. And guess what? The Nuggets are the nightcap. It's a hard. Oh wait, hold on. Let me let me let me cut you off with that real quick. Cause we're the night night cap. We're like the Pac-12 after dark. The the main game is Dallas versus the Lakers. But either way, with this lineup of games, it's hard to argue that this lineup of games was is not better than Dallas versus Texans versus or the, the Cowboys versus Texans and then or sorry Texans versus versus the Lions and then Cowboys versus I don't even know who it was. But it was two shit show of a games. If if the Steelers Ravens would have played, it would have made it better. But this lineup of games is by far better than Thanksgiving football. All right. I'll let you have, I'll, I'll, I will reserve my comment. Uh, the games that we're picking the Pelicans at the heat start off Christmas day basketball. Uh, the Warriors and Bucks are the next game. Celtics and Nugget or Celtics and Nets, excuse me, are the midday game. And then we have the Mavericks and Lakers as the primetime spot. And then the Clippers and Nuggets, after you put your kids to bed, go ahead and watch MPJ, RJ Hampton, Bull Bull, 
and, and we didn't even mention the Blue Arrow or Joker. All those guys get out on the floor. But we'll start with the Pelicans and Heat. Um, two, two teams in, in very different places. The Heat coming off a of finals appearance. Jimmy Butler, you know, I think he's kind of solidified the, the culture around that team, made sure that the Heat culture stays what it is. I know Nico loves the Heat culture down there in South Beach. But, uh, Jim, we'll start with you. Where, what do you see happening in this game uh, in regards to the Pelicans and the Heat? Uh, the Heat, in my opinion, are coming off of a great season last year, and I think they continue it to start off the season. Um, but this is Christmas Day, so I think the Heat have a game before this. Uh, I, I know the Celtics do. Uh, but the picking the Christmas Day games, I like the Heat that's at home. And knowing them, they'll wear one of their Miami Vice. No, they're going to be wearing the Christmas Day special jersey. So, giving the Heat with style and profile, I don't think the Pelicans have enough just yet to beat the Heat. Styling and profiling. Ah, I like that. Uh, Ric Flair. Uh, Nico, do you think that the Pelicans are in a place where they can pull off an upset? Do you think uh, – it's I can't think what Lonzo you think Lonzo's energized by his brother being go. in the brothers being in the league now I, I really don't think Lonzo cares if his brother's in the league yet I mean it'll matter when they play against each other but he's in his own little mind I think the Pelicans are one of the league's biggest question marks because we don't know what Brandon Ingram's gonna look like he did have an all-star caliber year last year dude was playing unbelievable during the mega season he just did not playing up on the bubble who knows what a healthy zion is going to look now um a healthy zion could be an um, absolute a tear um and then enough people are forgetting about this big sign or big trade that the belkins made was stephen adams stephen adams is a very very good center he's a he's a very great defensive minded center that's going to get you 12 rebounds a night um and get you four or five blocks too as well and he i think that's going to elevate this team a lot um and Besides that, I'm, I'm still taking the Heat. It's, it's, it's tough to pick against the Heat because Spo is a great coach, and he knows what he's doing down there in Miami. And right now, the Pelicans are a big what-if, and the Miami Heat are right now. Let's roll. So I'm going to Heat. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No, I, I know. <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't have anything else to, to add to that either. Like, now, now, if it's like the New York Knicks, you know, the – Orlando Magic, Miami Heat, teams I'm familiar with, then, yeah, I'll be like um, Nick over here. But uh, from a – Sorry, but the fact you can't win one game out of four, you're not anything to me. You're nothing to me. No, I don't, I don't think that proved anything to anybody. Now, the other team in Los Angeles, the Lakers, they're playing the Mavericks with Luka. I think that's why they, they got the primetime spot. They wanted Luka and LeBron in, in the, the biggest spot. Um, but but let's let's go, Jim. What do you think about this matchup? And do the the Mavericks have the young star to take out the the old lion? The Ma the Mavericks have a young star, like every other single Western Conference team. There's so many loaded teams out west, but the Lakers are too damn powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, this is a, another kind of special edition of the podcast. We uh, we we have Jim on, as you've already heard. Uh, but we you know, we lost the other part of the Zoom recording. So you only got a part of what we recorded with Jim. It was a great conversation throughout. Uh, he and Nico went back and forth on some basketball. We'll definitely have him on again, and hopefully Zoom won't crap out. Hopefully, as I'm saying that, Zoom won't crap out tonight too. Uh, but Nico and I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. We didn't want to give you a short episode and, and not give you beats of the week. We got to win you some money. And we got to keep up with the pick em because now Nico's, Nico's in, in the middle of it in, on the NFL on Hinge show. Uh, but he and I have been battling back and forth all season. I think it's pretty impressive. We're, we both have over 500 records, but I mean, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we've both been pretty good. I mean, 
guys gotta bear with us a little bit we do struggle we're starting we're still trying to figure all this out and we do have our mishaps here and there so yeah you didn't get the full interview but you'll be able to hear jim a lot more we'll have we'll be more shows on the nfl and hinge show and now we'll have the nba show and jim will be the first guest too so you guys can be looking on that too so you guys will constantly see us talking with jim about all the stuff that you guys missed so don't worry yeah it's uh it's it's a work in progress. We never admitted to being perfect at this, and we figured out a good portion we are of it. Far from perfect. We we figured out a good portion of it, but we're still uh, figuring out the rest of it. Is how I'll, I'll phrase that. But we're gonna give you guys our pick 'em, and we did have a little bit. We had some pretty big news break earlier this morning, so we'll talk about that too. Uh, and it's not football related, but Giannis signed a max extension. He's gonna be staying in Milwaukee. So dumbasses like me. Uh, who were saying that he was going to try and see how good they were and then test the market. I was wrong. He loves the city of Milwaukee a little bit more than he loves uh, uh, ring chasing. He wants to build it in Milwaukee. So I give him kudos for that. But what, what did you think when you saw it? You tweeted it. Yeah, it is a massive win for the small markets, which includes the Denver Nuggets. Uh, it's It shows that um, you don't have to leave to Miami, Boston, or LA, or wherever it may be to win a championship. Giannis, Jonas is one of the best stories, um, the come ups people in, in the NBA. The dude was playing in a, in a like a literally a middle school gym in, in Greece was 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 seen by a uh, Greek coach. Um, the dude could, had a, literally slept at the gym because he um, didn't know how he could get back and forth because he had to walk. 15 20 miles a day just to get to the gym, so he would just sleep there. One absolutely fantastic story. Um, I go back another story that just adds to Giannis's character. His rookie season, um, his uh, he, he would send he he was paycheck he was sent back home because his parents couldn't get a visa at the time and couldn't come watch him play in America, and he would send his paycheck home. And his first one of the first games he had, he walked to the arena from his from his from his room, and it it didn't t- it literally took a taxi driver in downtown Milwaukee to see him and like, aren't you a, aren't you the guy we just drafted? He's like, yeah, I don't have money for a cab and I don't have a car. So I just walked. And that's just the mindset he had. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic mindset. The dude is, he deserves it. Um, He is the best power forward in this game right now. Um, He's, he's, he's uh, the league is in good hands. I, I hope he wins a ring in Milwaukee. Obviously, I hope it's after the Nuggets win, but I hope he, he wins one in Milwaukee and he can cement his legacy. That video I did tweet out the, uh, the day before you guys are listening to this. Um, he uh, there's a there's a video or there's a snippet of him and his dad in the Bucks arena, and he was telling his dad all about how um, I hope my jersey is up there one day, and I hope that next to the likes of Oscar Robertson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all those Bucks greats, and he was telling his dad how those players were so good and that's why the jerseys were up there and well his dad had passed away recently i think it was in the last three years and it just it shows a testament to his character and he deserves all the money he got paid he's guaranteed 252 and a half million dollars a quarter of a billion dollars absolutely insane man and well earned and that's for that's for a guy like greece i i highly doubt anybody in Greece, especially from where he's from in that country, is expecting to see a quarter of a billion American exactly. dollars. And he's done that. He's got uh, – he just had his first son, so he's starting a family. Um, so he's he's set his family up for generations now. That's generational, lifetime-changing money. Um, and that's one of the cooler things about pro sports is that you get a ton of stories like that. LeBron's one of those stories. 
coming from nowhere in Akron and now uh, starting with the promise school and everything like that. So I hate, I hate on LeBron plenty, but I'll give him his credit where, where it's due. And I think him and Giannis, uh, I, I enjoyed kind of seeing the banter go back and forth last year about who should be MVP and um, that whole conversation. And I think the two of them being the faces of the league, LeBron in the West and Giannis in the East, I think it's better for the, the NBA as a whole. It's already, and the NBA is already moving forward. Um, it's not as much of a gap between the NFL, the NBA, in, in popularity-wise anymore. Yeah, I think the NBA has solidified itself at least as the number two. Baseball has fallen off because of Rob Manfred and his dumbassery. Dumb yeah. And then the NHL, it's 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 still a top sport in Canada, but it's still growing here in the States. So that's why it's not number two. But basketball is right up there with football as being one of the most popular. It's not there yet, but uh, people are loving it more and more because of stories like this. Yeah, speaking of hockey, I'm wearing my BNVR Avalanche shirt. We are also going to have an NHL show on the network as, as well as the NBA show. Uh, I tweeted out the day before that you guys are listening to this. I tweeted out my new uh, Kale McCarr versus Retro sweater. Uh, but I'm ex- super excited to get a little bit more into hockey. But I, I agree with you. Adam Silver is going to be the reason if the NBA overtakes the NFL. But he's already the reason why they're the number two sport in the country because the other two commissioners really – uh, shit, the I'm not gonna, shit the bed yeah. they're not Say nicely he, shit the bed they're not equal levels of bad but they're both bad and then you know manfred's just the worst of all time um all right now uh let's let's go ahead we'll start with the most dominant team of the week because we didn't talk about any of these uh games over the past weekend we recorded the episode that you heard with jim uh the week before any of these games happened so the steelers did lose to the bills on on sunday night football uh nico who is your most dominant team from last week Gonna just rub salt into the wound more. It's the Seahawks, man. Forty to three. The Jets scoring three points. That is by far the most dominant team. You, I mean, the Broncos only put up three points, but we ha- we didn't have a quarterback. Like we didn't have a single person that 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 knew how to throw the ball in the last three years. And you're yeah. telling me this Jets team can't even put up more than three points with a actual doable quarterback? Yeah, that's just terrible. It's the Seahawks for me. Yeah, I mean, how bad do you think that plane ride home was? Because that's like a six-hour plane ride after you got beat by 45. You know your coach is still going to be in the office on Monday. Uh, That was uh, terrible. It was bad. It just gets worse and worse for the people in the Meadowlands. What a get-right game for Seattle. That was a huge – that was – whoever put out out the schedule, they did them a solid there. Uh, My most dominant team, I mentioned them, the Buffalo Bills, because they came out – I was thinking that they were going to win. I picked them in our pick them last week. That was one of the games that we split – and I was super, I was really impressed. I think Josh Allen is solidifying himself. I didn't get to t- have the Josh Allen debate on NFL Unhinged, but he's solidifying himself as a guy who's figured it out. And it's not – he used to be able to pad stats with short throws, but now he's able to make all the different kinds of throws. He started slow, and then he came back, got hot. And that third quarter, him and Stephon Diggs were just on a tear. So they look really good, and they're uh, – the Steelers are inflated. They are definitely not good enough to be 11-2 and two at this point of the season. But – uh, the the Bills took care of business and they took care of business really handedly. So that's where they're my most dominant team of the week. Oh, no, I, I don't hate that at all. I mean, like I said on the on the NFL Unhinged show, I love Josh Allen. He's one of the he's one of the guys that the, I wish the Broncos would have taken. Um, I love Bradley Chubb, but that, that would have been a fantastic seeing Josh Allen in orange and blue. But it is what it is. The dude's balling out in Buffalo, and I can't hate it because I mean the dude is a fun talent. He's he's uh, he went to college right down the street at Wyoming from us, man. It's a fantastic yeah. story. The dude deserves all the credit. Stephon Diggs, man, how about revitalizing your 
your career, man. I mean, it's the Vikings just threw you to the wolves. They're like, we don't even care about you anymore. Yeah, they got Justin Jefferson, but Stephon Diggs has been one of the most incredible receivers this year. That Diggs and Josh yeah. Allen duo is fantastic. Top five, no, no doubt about it. The two best receivers for Josh Allen, a quarterback like Josh Allen, is Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, and he has both of them. Uh, but it, the Vikings are very lucky that Jefferson pick worked out because that was the pick that they did trade Diggs for. Uh, but if that didn't happen and you let one of I, – I get that he was probably a little bit of a diva in Minnesota. He didn't have a quarterback to really get him the ball. But that guy can run routes like nobody's business. Did you see he barely touched that cornerback and tossed him five yards after he did a stop route? It was just – it was unreal. Uh, and I, he had like six receptions on a drive for 86 yards. He basically accounted for the entire offensive drive. Uh, so that they, were, they look really good. And they're moving a little bit more towards a contender in my eyes. I didn't necessarily think that they could beat Kansas City or compete with them going into Sunday night football. But now after having watched them on Sunday night and the Chiefs didn't look great, uh, that, that would be a, a matchup that I'm way more interested in seeing than, than I thought it would be. Yeah, no, the, it's Josh Allen now is – I mean, it was Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes everyone wanted last year. Now it's now it's Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes because both these dudes have won some of the most incredible arm talent this league has ever seen, and it's just going to be a fantastic show. I hope they meet in the playoffs. Uh, maybe it's for the AFC Championship. Who knows? But that would be great entertainment, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, let's get into the pick em. Uh I'll just mention it. I went 9-7 and seven last week. I believe you went 10 and six because you had uh, you picked the Broncos right, and that was yeah. the only game that I didn't get with you. Uh, so it was an average week to say the least last week. Not what we normally wanted, uh, but we'll start we're, we'll start in the AFC West because it's a Thursday night matchup. Justin Herbert got a big comeback win on Sunday for the Chargers, and they go to Las Vegas now and take on a fledgling Raiders team. I, I think that's the right way to use that word. Yeah, no kidding. I, I don't even know what that word means, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it means like hanging out there by a, by a limb. It's almost about to fly off. I don't know. Yeah, it, they're they're barely hanging on for dear life, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start here that I mean it's it's a Herbert has shown has shown a lot it's it's he surprised me a big time last week somehow they're able to pull off a win I did not I mean someone was gonna have to win that that Falcons Chargers games yeah. I didn't think it was gonna happen but it happened um go, going into that matchup it's 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 an interesting one the the I hate both these teams with the burning passion with an absolute burning passion but but because of um, what I've seen the past couple weeks, I want to pick the Chargers, but I'm going to go with the Raiders because the, the Chargers just got lucky and just beat up on a Falcons team that is just so depleted. No Julio. Todd Gurley, not 100%. Vegas, is, I'm pretty sure, is getting Josh Jacobs back too. So that's going to be massive. So, he played so, last weekend too. Oh, he did play. Oh, yeah, that's right. He yeah, did. He, he did, swerved that's everybody. What he did swerve everyone, fancy football owners. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm picking the Raiders here. Um, the Chargers are going to continue finding way to, ways to lose. And I'm going to say it every week. Anthony Lynn and Adam Gase should not have jobs in the NFL at all after these last two games. I mean, did you see the end of that yeah. half? End of the half? That was well, some of the worst clock management I've ever seen in my life. We'll just go ahead and say that now. That's Ben's rumor of the week. I didn't even put anything down because that was just absolutely awesome. Yeah, we just, we just designated that yeah. as that. <laughs> and then he was uh, defending his decision on on why why he did that, and it, it made no sense either. I'm going the Raiders as well. Uh, John Gruden's a better coach than Anthony Lynn, and this is, in my eyes, this seems like a get-right game for the Raiders because I do think that they're still a playoff team. They just have to figure out a way. They they lost how, how to win. Uh, I think they read into themselves a little bit too much after their close game against the Chiefs. 
and then they haven't been able to recover. This is the perfect time to recover against another divisional opponent. Uh, like I said, you're going to have to, we've been both saying it, you got to win three out of four against all of your, uh, yeah, you, you have to at least split and hopefully sweep a couple of your division opponents to make the playoffs. Uh, so I, I'm going Raiders too. I think that they're, especially at home, I don't think that the Chargers will be able to stand a chance. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Now we have some we have some Saturday night NFL football. How about that? It's, it's, it's the we, same it's, time as the ACC championship. What the hell is the NFL I, doing? I don't I don't know. I don't hate it though. But we have my Denver Broncos hosting Josh Allen and the Buffalo. No one runs the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Circles the wagons. Circles. Circles the wagons. Circles. I don't know what I'm talking about. Circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I'm going with the Bills. I think you know I'll give Drew Lock his credit. That was a good game on Sunday. The thing about Drew Locke is when you know, when you give him credit about playing well, he comes out and does not look like the same guy. So if he puts together two in a row, I'll start to have a little bit more faith in him. But I think the Bills, just as a whole, they're just way more talented, especially from where the Broncos are right now roster-wise with as many injuries as they have. Uh, and now Bulls might not even play because he's sick. So there, there's a lot going on with the Broncos outside of the game that makes me lean towards the Bills. And then on the field, I think the Bills are just more talented. Yeah, we're we're not there yet. However, I, 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 I somehow did a prophecy because last week I wore my Drew Lock jersey after we lose to Kansas City, and after that he had the best performance of his career. So I should have worn the Drew Lock jersey again, but I told y'all I wasn't gonna go back to back. Um, but Drew Lock is is the next is the next big quarterback in Denver. Um, it's we're not at Buffalo yet. We're not there yet. We're not. We're we're we're. Basically, we are what Buffalo was two years ago when Josh yep. Allen was a rookie. That yep. we we were we were still rebuilding. Um, we were still trying to find our identity. We have a bunch of young guys, um, and but the Bills are more ready for playoffs and ready for those deep runs. And I hate saying this, but I mean the Buffalo is better right now. And I would not, I would not, I'd be, I won't be mad if the Broncos win, but I'm picking the Bills. Yeah, I think that that's probably where where it's at right now. And I, I have agree to be smart you. now with my picks. I I can't pick like a dumbass anymore i i don't know what it is i just somehow i have a feeling about these games so i just keep catching up with you you're not gonna leave me in the dust or anything um but i i agree with you and i think it's the bills and the broncos mirror the browns and the Bengals for me because i think that both those franchises about two years in a in a loop so the broncos now think that they have their guy they're going to continue to go with them the bills know they have their guy now it could be the broncos in a couple seasons and i think it's the same with the Bengals. first overall quarterback he play outplays expectations in his first year, and hopefully we see the same kind of thing happen. But that's a lot of these franchises are just mirror images of each other in different places, points in time, um, based off of how well you draft before this. But let's move on. Panthers and Packers. Uh, I'm still, I still think Matt Rule's done a great job, but I do think at this point his roster is just depleted to no end. He can't compete with any NFL team uh, with the amount of injuries that he has. McCaffrey's not playing again. Uh, so I'm just going to come out and say it. The Packers, even though they're one of the most mentally weak teams, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams hasn't dropped the pass all season. Devontae Adams has zero drops on the season, and Aaron Rodgers is throwing four touchdowns in a game like it's nothing. He's he's in – he could be in MVP form. We might we'll, – we could have that debate a little bit later, but I'm picking the Packers in this one. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think we could, we can almost – this is a good um, – 
this is a good comparison to the NBA. LeBron, Patrick Mahomes right now, he could win MVP every year if he wanted to, because that's that's how good he is right now. And um, Aaron Rodgers, or sorry, Aaron Rodgers is very similar to very to LeBron James. LeBron James is um, always one of the best in the league. Uh, he he never gets a credit for MVP because that you want to give it to other people every once in a while. That's almost same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers only had one MVP. He could be MVP every year. Um, it's just his team, his teammates around him are never the greatest. Um, it's and KD is almost like Patrick Mahomes, where it's the or I'd say Luca almost is they're the next come up, the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are forgetting about the greats are still in the game, and Aaron Rodgers is that. Um, with that being said, Matt Rule, I do agree with you. Matt Rule has done a lot of good things in Carolina. They almost came back and beat the Broncos, so I give them a lot of heart. But without Run CMC, that offense is depleted. Teddy Bridgewater is. He's shown his strides this year. Um, I don't know if if Carolina's ready to move on yet from him. I think you maybe have to run it back one more year. But I don't I don't hate what they're doing over there in Carolina. They just need to get the right people, and especially on the defensive end, man. It's they, they need they need to upgrade there. Especially, um, I mean, they they had a shot. They 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 drafted that Auburn D tackle in the first round. Oh yeah, I that was the worst pick of the draft for me exactly. because they had Isaiah Simmons sitting right. Isaiah there. Simmons right there, so that could have been your rock in the middle but they don't have that now especially after you lose keekley yeah that was uh, you wasted i mean uh it was that was a shocking retirement i don't i don't think anybody expected it but you're still he was getting towards the end of his career anyways especially for a linebacker you should have been preparing for this at some point Exactly. And Derek Brown, I mean, he was getting handled by uh, Cushenberry and Muti, two rookies as well. So he, he was a he was a non-factor against the Broncos. So I don't, I, I mean, the Packers have more talent and that's I mean, they don't have the will right now, but they have more talent. And so that for that reason, going Packers. Yeah, we're on the same page on that one. Next up, the Buccaneers are going to Atlanta. Tom didn't look great, but he did pick it up a little bit more than what we've seen. Um, and maybe they're ironing out some of the, the problems that they have in the locker room. That's one of the franchises, like, if you're looking just based off talent-wise, they should be beating everybody by 20, but they have some sort of chemistry issue ever since they brought in Antonio Brown, Antonio Clown. I won't I won't use his actual last name because he's still a clown, um, but it's, it's one of those situations, like, why aren't they just dominating teams? They dominated the Packers. That was impressive, but now they've lost a couple games that they shouldn't have. So who do you, who do you have in this one? Oh man, it's. I would like to say the Falcons have a shot here, but I mean, it's uh, seeing what they did against the Chargers. If if there's no Julio, um, you only have Calvin Ridley out there. It's it's the it's the battle of the Super Bowl from I believe it was four years ago, maybe five years ago, four or five years ago with the Falcons and the Patriots. It was mm-hmm. Tom Brady versus Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan, the, the Falcons fans, whenever they see Tom Brady on the field, it's just bad, bad juju. It's just bad juju no matter what. It does not matter if it's in a Patriots uniform or a Bucks uniform. This is not good news, and you know in the back of your head what happened, and you had the Super Bowl in the palm of your hands. So for that reason, I'm going to Bucks. I wish Kyle Shanahan was still the offensive coordinator so he could redeem himself. But honestly, I think if he was the Atlanta offensive coordinator, he might just go cry in the corner because you don't come back from that. He still hasn't come back from that. It still haunts him. I think that's, you know, that's why the 49ers and funny, funny enough, I'm going the bucks in that game too. I just, I think that they're too talented to overcome uh, to be overcome by the Falcons. 49ers are the next game. 49ers Cowboys. This is a good matchup. If you remember back to the 90s, this used to be the NFC Championship every year, and basically the Super Bowl, because the 49ers and Cowboys were the two best teams in the league. 
Uh, but it's definitely not that now. It's definitely not that at all, man. Kudos, kudos to Andy Dalton. I'll give him his credit because he did go into the jungle and lay a fucking ass kicking on the Bengals. But hey, it's, it's I, I knew that. I knew you'd hate that. But oh, I mean, if, that, that if Joe hurt. Burrow, if Joe Burrow was playing, I feel like you guys might have won. But it would have been a shootout if he was playing. That would have been that would have been an interesting storyline as like the the uh, successor and the guy who never really comp- did anything with it. But ever could get over the hump, yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys' defense is still mind-boggling to me. That yeah, they lost Van Der Esch. I don't think they have Sean Lee playing anymore. But uh, Jalen Smith is still one of the top, I think, inside linebackers. They they just don't look like they know how to play defense. I don't know if it was their coordinator that they fired, uh, but Mike McCarthy has that team in all sorts of wrong ways. So I can't, he's on the hot seat right now. He is one hundred percent on the hot seat. I can't, in good conscience, say that the Cowboys are going to win this game because I think Kyle Shanahan gets a bad team ready to play better than I think Mike McCarthy does, and that's what you have here. Two very bad teams, but Kyle Shanahan's coaching is the X factor. I think he's a way better coach than Mike McCarthy. So I, I will one thousand percent agree with you on that. Um, so you picked Forty Nine ers here. Forty Nine ers. So I, I agree with you that Shanahan is a far better coach than McCarthy, but I trust Andy Dalton more than I trust Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard or whoever San Francisco puts behind there. It, I, don't th- I, th- I don't think they have Kittle any- still. Uh, Moster has been banged up. Debo Samuel has had good games, but you have to have a decent quarterback to get him the ball. Um, I think that Dallas defense, yeah, it's not as good as what it should be, but I think they still can hold. This is going to be a shit game. I think it's going to be a game where both teams score under 20 points. I think yeah. neither team is going to be able to score much at all, if I'm being honest. This um, is the game they should have put up against the ACC championship. Yeah, this is the game that should move to Saturday, yeah. but it is what it is. I'm going to pick the Cowboys here because I trust right now. I trust the Cowboys to game manage a little bit better. I, like I said, it's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's going to come down to who has the ball last. And right now, I trust Ezekiel Elliott to to hold that offense down and the, and the Cowboys to score more points, put more points on the board than the 49ers. And that's – I mean, that's not saying a whole lot. Um no. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive wizard, but he just doesn't have the talent he did last year. So for that reason, I'm going to Cowboys. Yeah. Injuries are tough to overcome at all those positions. And I think he's still, uh, honestly, I could see them maybe making a move for Darnold because I really don't think that Shanahan trusts Garoppolo Mm -hmm. fully. I think that's, that's been evident, especially in the the big moments. He tries to take the ball out of his hands as much as possible. Uh, Next game, Lions and Titans. Uh, it's in Tennessee. The Titans have looked pretty good. Derrick Henry, Tractor Cito is in full effect, and it's it's not slowing down anytime soon. Even without Taylor Lewan, and I believe they lost Jayon Brown to an ACL as well, who's a, a really good middle linebacker for them. They're finding ways to win. Uh, Mike Vrabel, he's one of those guys. He's not under the Belichick coaching tree, but he's under the Belichick tree just because he played for him for so long. But he's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a head coach. He's proven that. You don't have to be a quarterback to be a coach in the NFL. Middle linebacker can be just as good of a head coach. And I love what he's doing with the Titans. We talk about it all the time. You're wearing the King Henry jersey. We're closeted Titans fans. We love the boys. And we we love – I love how they play offense with their their jacked-up offensive line. And I know you love running the ball, too, as a fullback. So I'm going Titans because the Lions, they got their one one game after they fired Patricia. They didn't look good again last week. So 
Yeah, I, I, I said this on the NFL on Hinge show, but Stafford deserve, deserves better. DeAndre Swift, it looks like he could be a formidable back there, but, I mean, Galladay has been hurt. The Lions are just so depleted, too. They don't have the talent anymore. Or, I mean, anymore. They, they've never had the talent. I feel bad for Stafford. He deserves better. But, I mean, I'm wearing the Titans jersey. How am I not? How am I going to pick against Derrick Henry, man? Derrick Henry basically almost – got me into the second round of the playoffs. I only had one team make the fantasy football playoffs and I lost because I started Eric Ebron over Marquise Brown. Don't talk to me about that. I'm still fucking pissed at you, Ebron. But either way, I had Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry led my team and he he's he's been an absolute animal. And the Lions have no answer whatsoever for Derrick Henry. It's not like they have a formidable linebacker. Darius Slay on the outside is hurt. Um, he, I think he's out for the year two right now. But they ha- their defense cannot control Derrick Henry. And for that reason, I am going Tennessee big here. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. Um, next game, another a team that the Titans have to keep pace with if they want to win the division, uh, the Texans and Colts. I, The Texans, you know, it might be time to just sit Deshaun Watson down for the rest of the season because it's same reason as Joe Burrow. He's going to get hurt at some point. He just doesn't have anybody there to protect him. Uh, I feel really bad. I, he should sue Bill O'Brien for the damages that he's caused because it's all based off of their personnel management. Uh, I think that, you know, we could see Deshaun Watson being on that list of guys who got wasted in bad situations uh, as guys that are really talented. What do you think about the Texans and Colts game? Oh man, the Colts have been my my nightmare the past like four weeks. I have picked against the Colts like the last five five weeks or six weeks or something stupid like that, and they have made me act, look absolutely idiotic. Basically, if I would have picked the Colts the last few weeks, I probably would be number one in the NFL and Hen Show and and all that because I'm that close. And the Colts just fuck me every week. Um, but, but besides that, let's go back on your point, Deshaun Watson. I hope he doesn't get wasted, man. I really do. I, I'm hoping new management comes in. I'm hoping new coaching comes in. I'm hoping they get him some help. Um, their number one priority this offseason should be getting him some help on the outside or behind him in the running game because David Johnson is not it. <laughs> He's not. No, no. And it's ridiculous that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for that. That's just that's just idiotic. Um, they – they should. They need. Well, Fuller was a formidable wide receiver, but he was on the roids. So yeah. who knows what he's going to look like next year? Maybe so that's got, why he was that good. Yeah. So they, so they need to get him help. That's the number one priority next year. But I, 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 I like this Texas team a lot. I, I said it at the beginning of the year. The Texans have have had the one of the toughest schedule. They are better than their schedule, but they've shown in the past previous weeks that they're not it yet. And I hate picking against the Colts anymore because they fucked me every week. And yes, I still hate you, Philip Rivers, but. Your, the rest of your team is good. Jonathan Taylor is a stud. Your defense is absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson are two of my favorite people in the league. So for that reason, I'm going Colts. I'm, I'm picking the Colts too. Um, the Texans, you know, they, they kind of screwed me over. I've, I've lived and died by the Texans in the pick them uh, both on, uh, on this show because they either two, basically, I feel yeah, like it's, both it's like they either win and they, they win a game that they shouldn't have. And it was, it was me being a genius or, like last week, I picked them as an upset, and they got absolutely demolished. It wasn't good. Uh, but I'm going Colts because, like like you, I've picked against them so many times, and they made me look stupid so many times. Maybe I'll go this way just to throw them off. I, don't, I really don't like the Colts. As a franchise, I don't know why. They're, they're just not one of my favorite franchises. And now Phil Rivers, you mother freaker. I don't, I don't freaking like you, buddy. 
Yeah, you're bub. He's a he's the hey, worst. You want you want to talk about teams that you dislike for absolutely no reason? The next game we have the Dolphins hosting the Patriots. You know what? Um, Fuck the Dolphins. I don't understand this I, hatred um, at I all. I don't know what it is either. I I am gonna stand up for Tua because you shit on him every week. I'm gonna stand yeah, up did, for him. Yeah. The dude knows how to win games. Um, yes, because the, they they were right there with the Chiefs because they watched the game plan what the Broncos did and did almost exactly similar. Um, the Chiefs just poured it on at, 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 for 28 straight points. Um, but the Dolphins had a good play game plan to start. They just didn't make the adjustments. Uh, the team is good. Tua knows how to win games. Those Alabama players know how to win football. Those games. Alabama quarterbacks, yeah, because we'll talk about Jalen Hurts too later. Yeah, those on, Al- but... yeah those Alabama quarterbacks know how to win football games. That's just just in their DNA, they know how to win. Um, going against the Patriots team that has struggled a lot, who knows? Are we going to see Cam this weekend? Are we going to see Stidham? I mean, Cam has struggled mightily, um, but they're right on the cusp of the playoffs. They Both these teams are. Um, this is the Bills division for the first time since 98, I'm pretty sure, um, instead of the Patriots. So yeah. it's a tough one for me. I'm going to go Dolphins because I think – Belichick is a great is a better coach right now than Flores, but Flores is on the rise. Um, it's it's Flores falls under the Belichick coaching tree, but this is going to be one of those cases where the the disciple beats the master. And I think I'm gonna go the Dolphins here because I trust Tua and I trust that Dolphins defense more than I trust the Patriots. I don't disagree with anything you said. I was a little bit you know I thought about it for a second because it is a Belichick coach going up against Belichick, and that normally doesn't go well, but uh, I agree that, you know, they're better. Two is in the best situation of these rookie quarterbacks. That's that's what I will say because he's got a good team around him that plays together well. And Brian Flores, with that culture change that he did last year in Miami, that's been, I think, the main X factor and the main reason why Tua has had some success. I really don't, you know, I think my biggest problem is I didn't understand why they benched Fitzpatrick when they did because Fitzpatrick was winning you games and it, gave you a little bit more time to groom Tua and make sure that he was ready. I think they could have handled that differently. That's that's probably my biggest thing with the Dolphins, but I am going with the Dolphins in this game because they are a better team than the Patriots. Yeah, they could have easily handled that differently, but I mean, the Dolphins team has only lost two games under Tua in six weeks, and their two losses were against the Broncos, who knew how to knew how to slow him down, and against the number one team in the AFC, and that's the Chiefs, so you can't deny the results that Tua has shown. Yeah. Oh, real quick. This is, I was trying to think, I had a thought and I lost it. Do you remember the quarterback of the bills? The last time that they won, won the division, had a playoff game. It was a Jim Kelly. It was not, it was Doug the, Flutie. Oh shoot. Yep. Doug Flutie uh, got them into the playoffs and then uh, Wade Phillips started Brad Johnson when they lost to Tennessee okay. for the Mir- music city miracle. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I do remember the bills game back into the playoffs a few years ago, and it was either Fitzpatrick got them in. Oh, yeah, Fitzpatrick got them in, and the Bengals um, got or won the last yeah. game of the year against somebody. And the, Ravens. the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. Because I remember that because uh, the Bills Mafia donated like four, a total of $4 million to Andy Dalton. Andy like collectively, charity. they donated $4 million to his charity for beating the Ravens and getting the, the Bills into the playoffs. Yeah, so now, but I mean, Bills Mafia doesn't have to worry about that anymore. They don't need luck anymore. Josh Allen is going to help. He's, him yeah, he's going to he's going to be the guy for a long time. They love him in Buffalo. He's never going to wear another uniform. He's like a, he's this this generation's Jim Kelly. That's what he's going to be for the Bills fans moving forward. Next game, NFC North Bears and Vikings. Two of the 
the bad NFC North team. Well, there's three out of four bad NFC North teams, but these two, the Bears shocked me. They scored 30 points with Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, don't, Mitchell, don't call me Mitch Trubisky. Sorry. Um, it, it was. I. I don't. Don't know how to gauge the Bears. Don't really know how to gauge the Vikings. Either. I don't. I don't think anyone knows how to gauge these Bears. No, I, to be I mean, honest. I mean, but both both teams because the Vikings look great, then they look like crap, and the Bears. You know, apparently they can just pull thirty point games out of nowhere. It it really makes no sense. I have no clue where to it go on this. No on this maybe game. it was. A, maybe it was a factor that the Texans are depleted and they only had JJ Watts. So maybe that's why. But either way, this is a tough one. Who do you have in this one? I picked the Vikings because they're at home and, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook does better than Khalil Mack. It's it's really – this was a toss-up. I really have no clue who's going to win this one. I, I have no clue this one either. So that's – the reason why I'm picking this way is because I can piss someone else off on the on the network, and that's Zach Kylan. So I'm picking the Bears because go. Bears fans are going to have to teeter on the fact that I guess we have to keep Trubisky for another year because he played two good games. <laughs> oh. So I'm picking the Bears with shout the upset. Out, shout out Gridiron Gallery. Uh, Zach Zach's going to roll over in his grave if Trubisky is the quarterback of the future. And You've I'm going to make sure that happens. So you made him fall off the screen before you might make him fall no no off the kelsey again. did well, by comparing yeah. jay cutler and aaron Rodgers, but you gotta either, you gotta listen to the nfl on hinge show and watch it on our youtube channel if you're watching this on our youtube channel now uh but there's great like we the network guys are, are a lot of fun so we love love doing those shows and the banter is always great uh so we both well you have the bears i have the vikings uh in that one you you want trubisky to stick around and, and continue that myth that he was a good pick uh Seahawks and the Washington myth. yeah big myth big myth Seahawks going to Washington to play on on the QB leg snatcher field in, in FedEx field uh the red the football team excuse me has looked good they're the number one team in the NFC beast right now they look like they could have that playoff spot out of that division uh, that, that pains you saying NFC beast I know that was yeah. hard to get out well you know shout out PFT on on pardon my take I'll I'll give him the credit since and Chase Young is has done really good. Um, he's he is probably defensive rookie of the year. So he, I think he has, so. he has yeah. played very very well. And Alex Smith has done a great job over there, um, winning football games. But um, I'll, I'll start here. the The Seahawks had a get right game. the The Jets just fucking suck. And the Seahawks realized how they how they can win games. They they were able to not show much in that playbook last week. So I think that helps them here. Um, they just ran probably a few plays here and there and did not show what they have in store um, going forward so for that reason it was basically a bye week for the Seahawks last week playing the Jets so that for that reason I'm going the Seahawks big yeah I'm going Seahawks because Alex Smith isn't going to be the starting quarterback uh I played with Dwayne Haskins and you know I I hope that he's able to figure it out somewhere but so far what I've seen from him and and hearing about him bragging about throwing it's the same same problem I had with Drew Locke when he threw four interceptions but threw a touchdown so you're smiling on the sidelines Haskins is bragging about how many yards he throws for after when they're getting blown out by 40. Uh, so hopefully he figures it out. But that's my main reason for they're going. going they're going with Dwayne Haskins. I, they're not. Is Kyle Allen hurt still? Because didn't they? Are they I mean, they to put away when from... when Smith went went down. They put in Haskins. So okay, so that's yeah, who then it probably in. is him. It's weird too because he's a captain. He's got the C on his jersey. He's a backup as a captain. You know, you I don't it. understand how you would have gave him the captain either because he's only his second year in the league. And that was Rivera. Rivera's obviously doing too. So, yeah. I mean, he obviously has some hope in him. Well, I mean, I mean maybe, I think maybe they have, 
have to be have to have hope at this point for at least. I, I mean, they're going to be a division winner, so they're not going to have a good draft pick. So yeah. it's it's one of those cases where it's 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 you're in a win you're in a lose lose situation. So you might as well throw Haskins out there and see what you have from him. So. Yeah, who knows? Uh, the Seahawks, I think, win because Haskins is playing. Hope, may, hopefully, I'm proven wrong, and, and maybe you know Chase Young chasing down uh, Russell Wilson will be interesting to see how that goes because Russell Wilson's notoriously difficult to tackle, but Chase Young is a hell of an athlete. He, he is. He he might be able to keep up with him, but I think Seahawks are too much for the football team. Uh, we're is that? I think that'd be eight losses for Washington, so we would still have the possibility of a seven and nine division winner, which. It, oh, it gosh, me not, to say that. Not good for the league. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, next game, Jaguars and Ravens. We, we can piss another person off on the network. Our, our guest that you were listening to a little bit earlier, Jim, follows the Jaguars. I think he grew up pretty much in Jacksonville. You probably heard about it in our interview. I just can't remember. Uh, but who, who do you got in this one? The Jaguars holding on to that second pick and the Ravens. As long as Lamar Jackson doesn't have to take a shit, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, you've been you've – been, uh... I feel bad for you because you need the Jaguars to win some football games. So you hopefully move up. Um, But this is not the week. It's not the week at all. Lamar Jackson showed the world why, who who he is and why he was an MVP last year. Um, The Ravens finally got it together. They, I said this on the NFL and Hinch show, the Browns, they're on the rise. But the, this is will this is will always be the Ravens and Steelers division. Jimmy, this goes to you two at the Bengals. You have to get over those two teams. And considering the Ravens and the um, Steelers have dominated this division for so many years, they're always going to be the big brother. And that's why the Browns struggled so much because they couldn't get over the hump of beating your division rival, especially in Baltimore. Um, it's easy here. Jacksonville, yeah, you're starting Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're starting Mike Glenn in the first place. So I guess they'll mention you out there, see what he has. But you're you're probably drafting Justin Fields at number two, so you're lucky. You might have an O line that slipped to you at three. But either way, I'm picking Baltimore. Uh, I'm going with the Ravens. I don't think that they're going to hold on to the, to the to the division forever, but they are still in control of it, and that was proven last night with the Ravens. You know, that's still it's funny that he's playing the Browns when he had to take a poop before he <laughs> go out and win the game. Yeah, and all the all the OBJ memes as well. That's uh, that, yeah, those are those are good. <laughs> the people making the fake text bubbles, like, "Hey, where'd you go? What stall? Don't flush. Send pictures." It's, yeah, and then all the Paul Pierce memes where you had quote yeah. unquote cramps, but yeah. you had to go take a shit. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I've had to take a shit that bad and had cramps before, so I totally get it. They should just come. They should just be real. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He's he's gonna be able to beat the Jaguars by himself. That's that's the thing. The Jaguars are not good. They have good offensive pieces, but they don't have a quarterback. Uh, shout out to Lavisca Chenault and their running back. I think is Antonio James Robs. James Robinson. James Robinson. Antonio Gibson is in uh, Washington. There you go. Yeah, okay. James, James Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson is going to be a thousand yard rusher. The first thousand yard rusher un- by an undrafted rookie since Bill Plenty. Yep. Uh, but we both got the Ravens in that one. Not that, not that difficult to figure out. Also another game, not that difficult to figure out the jets at the Rams. Uh, I've, I've came out. I, well, this will be fun because the next episode that you guys are able to listen to or watch after this, we'll have my brother on the bull Pick'em show. So you guys can kind of go back and forth with, about the jets in person, but I, I got off the bandwagon. They're going to go. zero and 16 now. It's, there's no doubt about it, and the Rams are going to get another big win and move further ahead in the NFC West. 
How many weeks I got left? Three, right? Three, three weeks left. I think three, yeah. All right, perfect. Three more weeks, and then two hundred bucks, baby, are in my pocket. Three more weeks, I got two hundred bucks in my pocket because my own sixteen bet back from week four. Thank you very much. It's still alive, and the Jets are gonna continue to keep doing that. And for that reason, yeah, I'm not picking the Jets. I'm picking the Rams. It's tank a, for Trevor. Yeah. Tank for Trevor. And then but, Trevor is going to say, I don't want to play for you. <laughs> you tank for Trevor. And then on the, as soon as you can fire Adam Gase after that last game, you fire him. Don't let him walk off the field having a job. Trevor, Trevor, no, I swear. That was just a phase. I'm better now. I talked it out. I, it was, I smoked in high school. One of those things. They, they're going to do whatever they can, say whatever they have to say to get Trevor Lawrence to go up to Newark. Um, now, now we'll move on, and it's, we have another rookie quarterback who got a win. Jalen hurt so good. I'll say that because Boomer said it on uh, on NFL primetime, but he he looked okay, like not great, but he's a, he, he managed the game, got the Eagles a win, um, and like we saw in college, a guy, a guy just knows how to win football games. No matter what, he just he has that ability to be able to win games, and it, it really impressed me. But Kyler Murray is still Kyler Murray. So what do you what do you think about this one? Oh, it's a matchup of two former Heisman candidates from Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts versus Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, both those both uh, both Oklahoma would love to have either of those guys back right now. But right. Um, either either way, it's ah, Philadelphia, man. They're just in sh- such a shit place right now. I don't like the city of Philadelphia. If I'm being honest with you, because I don't except like for the, Rocky, except hate, for Rocky, yeah, except for Rocky, because I hate Sixers fans. Because Sixers fans are fucking suck. And same with the Eagles fans. I swear they're the most unloyal fan base out there. But um, I'm I'm going the Cardinals here. It's I think that game against Philadelphia last week was more exposing the Saints. I think mm-hmm. the Saints got more exposed. I said this when the Broncos played the Saints, and I was like, if we had a, any quarterback that would have done anything better than Kendall Hidden, we would have won that game because Taysom Hill got exposed. Um, teams are now keying on him. They're making him throw the ball, um, and it's not working. It's not working at all. This Philadelphia Eagles team is not good. They are not good. And you're telling me this Saints team, we'll talk about them in a minute, but they're they're not – they're not a team that to be reckoned with. That's for sure. So either way, um, Philadelphia, you still have a lot more holes in your team. And I think Arizona is right now in the playoff race and they, they will sneak into the playoffs. So I'm going Cardinals. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's, he's the male equivalent of a ditz. He's a mimbo, uh, not very smart and, and never really was a great college coach. So I don't know how he got his job. Um, but I think that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins will be able to beat a Eagles team that, is a ghost of its former Super Bowl championship self. Um, congrats, Jalen Hurts. I think he's one of the better guys that I can remember because he did when Tua beat him out and he got pulled in the national championship game. He didn't cry about it and he didn't transfer right then like he could have. He waited to finish out his degree at Alabama to transfer. So I, I think he's a good guy and he he could be a, a franchise quarterback along the lines of Donovan McNabb for that team, but. Poor Carson Wentz, man. I feel bad for him. He He he, could end up in Denver. He needs to get out of Philadelphia, if I'm being honest, because uh, Philadelphia fans are just ruthless. And since he didn't win them their Super Bowl as Nick Foles, Eagles fans are going to forever hate him because he he wasn't the quarterback that led the team. It took Nick Foles to do that. And people are forgetting Carson Wentz was an MVP type caliber player in that, in that season. So um, it's, I feel bad for him, but he deserves better. Jalen Hurts looks like he could be a starting quarterback in the future though. I will say that. Yeah, hurt so good. Oh, come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Uh, next game, Chiefs and Saints. 
I agree with you. The Saints, you know, I think their defense is still really, really, really good, and that'll carry them throughout games. But uh, I think Drew Brees is coming back this week, so Taysom Hill won't have to be quarterback anymore. He can go back to being his tight end flex H position or whatever. Whatever he plays, special teams, uh, all that stuff. So that'll be interesting to see. But Drew Brees is now – got to worry about his durability moving forward towards the later months of the season. And losing that last week – possibly losing the number one seed. Now you're not going to get the dome all the way through the playoffs. You might have to go play in green Bay where it's cold or some, you know, you might have to go to places that are uncomfortable. This is bad news for the saints because they're a better team at home anyways. So uh, I, I don't think I, I don't have enough confidence in them after what I saw to pick them to beat the chiefs. Cause the chiefs are, and, and even though they didn't look great in their game, they are just the best team in the league because they were able to, sleepwalk through the, most of that game and still come away with a 20 point I think I, I think they won by two scores at least yeah I um, know that they, they scored 28 unanswered yeah they, they're just I don't see the the Saints after what I saw last week beating the Chiefs because the Chiefs are that damn good so I'm going Kansas no, City I agree completely the Chiefs run the AFC the, the Saints are I would say they're the Steelers of the NFC if I'm being honest they've won a lot of games against some bad teams um they've 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 beat bad teams the Broncos yeah I'm putting them in that caliber because we were a shit team when we played them because we didn't have a single player uh, a single quarterback but the, the the Saints have been gifted by a, like an easier schedule um now that they're having to play actual teams that are that are good and top quality um I'm going with the Chiefs here easy because Tyreek Hill has been he's been an absolute stud Travis Kelsey is leading the league in passing or in receiving yards for a tight end that's absolutely insane yeah Um, so uh, for that reason I'm going the Chiefs easy too excuse me talking I wasn't expecting to talk this much when I woke up this morning (laughs) that's that's what's going on Uh, Browns and Giants next game Uh, the Giants did not look good against Seattle but I think Daniel Jones was a lot more hurt than he let on and and he probably shouldn't have been playing I think Joe Judge is doing kind of a similar thing like Matt Rule is doing in Carolina I think he's building a culture and I think they could be good in a couple years I just don't think it's there yet for the Giants Um, and the Browns last night set back but it was you got to remember they did you know they were just about to win that game and and it took a a two-minute drill to to be able to beat them they're still and, and they scored 45 points. Baker is learning how to score points in the NFL. I think a lot of the criticism that he's gotten this year is unwarranted. They they had a bad stretch. Everybody goes through a bad stretch. But I do think that the Browns are a very good team. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. And I think they possibly could win a playoff game, which would suck because then they'd win a playoff game before the fucking Bengals do. And that's just going to be an, an added layer of suck to this football season. Uh, can it be hockey season? It, it's going to be, de- yeah, it's going to be depending on who they play in the first round. Cause if they, I mean, if Buffalo is the three seed or the two seed, um, then they, that it'd be buff. They'd have to go into Buffalo and I don't trust the Browns to be Buffalo right now. Um, I'm trying to think what other matchups there are, but I, I, I don't know. It's there's, there's some matchups there. I don't really like for the Browns on the road, but either way, I mean, if, if they, if if they play a, the Colts, if it's the Colts, I think or the Titans or the Titans, because they dominate the Titans at home. That's true. So that, the, if they get matched up like that, I could see that happening. But if you were to tell me four years ago, five years or three or four years, I think ago, four now, years ago is when they were 0 and 16. Yeah. For, yeah. 0 and 16. So three, three or four years ago when that we'd have a Sunday night football matchup of the New York giants who are 
tie or right near first place with a losing record against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday night football, I would have been like, you've lost your mind. These teams fucking suck. But the giants seem to have a quarterback in Dalen Jones. It's probably the same thing. Drew Locke, um, that they're still trying to figure everything out still. I mean, Drew Locke's probably solidified himself now, but Daniel Jones is still trying to figure everything out if he's a future and blah, blah, blah. But the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb is too much to handle for that Giants defense, who has been pretty good. So I will give them credit, but yep. Nick Chubb will be way too much. And I think I'll take the Browns here as well. Nick Chubb, I think, is is becoming the Adrian Peterson of this generation where he's just going to run over people for as long as he plays. I, I really like it. If I could block for one more running back, it would be for Nick Chubb. I would love love to do that, love the way he runs. So I'm going Browns, too, just because the Giants are too – it's the same thing with everybody. They're too banged up, too many injuries at, at bad positions that have injuries at um, – I hope we see Colt McCoy. I don't think I want to see Daniel Jones. He, he should rest up and get ready for next year because I think he's a lot more hurt than he let on. And now rounding out Monday night football. Who Your team, thought? Jimmy. Who would have thought going into the season? Look at us sitting at two and 14, going to play the Steelers on Monday night football. We are 14 and two. You know, yeah. You know, the last time that they played on Monday night, it was actually when I was in the hospital last year. And I got to sit through that entire game and I saw TJ Watt sack Andy Dalton. And the first thing Andy Dalton's face hit was the back of his right tackle. So he's either going to get sacked blindside or in, in right in his face. I am not happy that this is on national television. I want the Bengals to be hidden away in the farthest nook and cranny of CBS broadcasting, wherever. I mean, maybe play it in Alaska, but don't play it anywhere in the lower 48. This is, a terrible, 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 terrible. To add insult to injury, it's on ESPN because the Monday Night Football is on ESPN. I know. So yeah. It's even. It's more people get ESPN than some people get NBC because NBC's <laughs> fucking stupid with DirecTV right now. But I mean, a lot more people get ESPN, so it's prime time, baby. It's, it's, it's prime time. time. I, do, I even have, do I even have to ask, or did you go upset? Do you think your team's going to no, pull it out? I'm not going upset. I will. I will mention some of the better moments that I can in the past few years, or like not better, but more significant moments have been Monday night uh, Steelers-Bengals games. It's the last time Ryan Shazier ever played football was a Monday night game against Cincinnati. Uh, Juju breaking, I think, or, yeah, Juju breaking Vontez Burfecht's jaw after he had the dirty hit on Antonio Brown was also a Monday night game. It'll be interesting just because the teams hate each other so much. It's going to be a bloodbath either way. I hope the only thing that I'm, I'm rooting for is that the Bengals hit Ben Roethlisberger as many times as possible. I don't know who's going to do it because I don't think Geno Atkins is playing. Uh, so maybe Sam Hubbard will get a few sacks, but like, and by the way, nobody listening knows who either of those guys are that I just mentioned. That's how fucking bad the Bengals are right now. No, I'm it's not. Gonna, going it's it's going to be a bloodbath, Jamie, but it's going to be a get right game for the Steelers. 100%. Oh. I hate saying that to you, but it's a get right game for the Steelers. Big Ben has struggled a lot, so maybe you're able to get to him. So that's a that's a positive. Big Ben sucks, but the, your offense is going to go nowhere with Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen. Excuse me, Brandon Allen. I, it, it could be either or. Brandon Allen got pulled for Ryan Finley. Yeah, so it could be either or, and doesn't matter. Um either one of those guys can't hold up to the Steelers defense because I guarantee, because I guarantee if there's a, if there's a prop bet out there, I would take Minka Fitzpatrick to get a pick or get an interception this game. Um, Cause yeah. I think, I feel like the Steelers defense is just going to prey on Brandon Allen. If there's an, Hey, under- look, you know, look at the bright side, Jimmy, this is a Joe Burrow getting thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Right. Well, it's not it, Joe, Joe, he, Joe Burrow. He did get getting, to play 
he did get to play the Steelers in Pittsburgh before he got injured. So he did get that. Cause I always want, want a quarterback to play at least one, one game against all their division opponents, just to see how that, how that feels. Um, because if they're the franchise guy, they're going to have to be going up against these guys for 15 years. That's if there's an over under on sacks that the Steelers are going to get hit the over as hard as possible, no matter what it's set at, because that's how poor this, this Bengals offensive line is. It's, it's very, as an offensive lineman, it's the most depressing thing that I can turn on on a Sunday. And uh, I'm just really glad that most of the time the Bengals games are not in market because then I can just keep up with the ESPN app and I don't actually have to watch my team get slaughtered. I can just see the and, digital. And now it's on high definition on, thousands of tvs around the country uh, yep steve levy is going to get to call the Bengals getting beaten by 60 points against the steelers and it's going to be uh, glorious oh Just by pain. the way yeah pain <laughs> january january 13th 1991 that's uh, that's the date that the Bengals won their last playoff game we are about to hit 31 on that streak so good on or 30 years 30 years 30 yeah, years. you're at 29 you're yep. almost at 30 we can that that street can rent a car. That's how long it's been since the Bengals have won a goddamn playoff game. And the okay. Browns are gonna somehow pull it out of the ass and break their streak. Yeah, they were they were nineteen ninety four, so they've been waiting a while too. But come on, that's that's just I, I add salt to the wound, Jimmy. <laughs> I want cold. hockey. I want hockey badly. Please let it be hockey. That's okay. That's all the games. Uh, we both picked the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Go, go, go ahead. Yeah, woohoo. Uh, now let's move on. Uh, beats of the week. Win some people some money. We mentioned bench warmer of the week was Anthony Lynn for his, his clock. Basically the whole Chargers it. offense, especially the spe- the field goal unit, trying to run out there. So <laughs> we, we don't have comedy. to – yeah, we don't have to debate that one. But beats of the week, we can win some people some money. I'm going to go first because I think I'm going to make you very happy with what I'm about to say. Bull Bull to win the NBA Rookie of the Year is plus 1,800. Yes, he still counts because he didn't play any games before the bubble started. And the bubble didn't count towards any of last regular season. So Bobo has looked really good in, in the training camp videos. I haven't watched any preseason basketball. I know you have. So how does Bobo look in game action? Well, he's only pl- we, as we're recording this, there's only been one preseason game, and he's only played in the last two minutes. So I don't know if that's Mike giving him some rest or what it may be. Cause does that not that's not very promising. However, I am gonna give a little bit credit. Zeke Naji looked really good. And fucking Faku Composo, man. God damn, I love Faku. that human. I love that human being. Honestly, you put him up for rookie of the year because this dude is going to be an absolute menace. Faku, he wasn't, Faku. The dude's going to be so much fun to watch. Bobo has a promise, but hopefully he gets some minutes. Composo, yeah. Uh, he wasn't on the, the fan duel um, odds yet. He doesn't have any odds to win the rookie of the year. Uh, Lamelo was number one at like plus 390. Yeah, he's shown a he, he's, he looks I mean, pretty. The he, videos he, I saw look pretty good. He can shoot a lot better than Alonzo, and then also his Leangelo got cut after not even playing. He didn't even play in the first preseason game, which was hilarious in my in my opinion. But well, that's, I mean, it's 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 if if you don't even play in a preseason game, you get cut. That means you were just absolutely terrible in practice. Because yeah. I mean, preseason games they still throw you out there, even if you're on the teetering of you should be on this team or not. They still throw you out there the last two minutes, and Leangelo didn't even get a minute, so it must be bad. All right, what's your first beat of the week for, for this I, My first beat of the week, I'll stick with basketball because, I mean, we're the uh, we're, 
this this game is going to be coming out the day after we record next week. It'll be out. It would be out Tuesday. And since we have a bull pick them, I threw in one of these games. But I'm picking the Pelicans to beat the Raptors at plus 175 on opening night. Pelicans should have showed me a lot, man. Zion has been. Zion. <laughs> that's that, I mean that's enough said. Zion's been Zion. Yeah. Brandon Ingram is, looks like he could be another All Star this year. I really and liked like, him last year too. Yeah, I mean people are and and I mean I said this when I joined the reserves podcast, but Stephen Adams was one of the most slept on moves this off season. They add a solid big that will get you um, so many rebounds and get you those gritty points underneath. So the Pelicans have a lot of promise. The Raptors have not looked good. Um, losing Serge Ibaka might hurt them a lot. They need OG Ananobi, um to be better, um, and they need a big big season from Pascal Siakam to be better. So for that reason, I'm picking the Pelicans to beat the Raptors at plus 175. My, my future partners on the NHL show for the network are not going to be happy about that. The Bleacher Connection guys, because they are Canadian, so they love the Raptors, and they want to. They like to say that the Raptors are, are a contender in the East. Um, so I, that'll be an interesting – that opening night will be interesting anyways to see how teams are going to look this season. Uh, but there, that'll be – I don't mind that bet. I think Zion is going to be – he's going to be good enough to win a few games by himself, I think. I don't know about by himself. I think Brandon Ingram would be the one to win games by himself, but I think Zion is going to be not not all-star type level yet because he's in the West still. Um, and there's a there's a lot of great players in the front or in the front court um, in the West that he has to deal with getting into the all-star game. But the dude's going to be a problem though, that's for sure. All right, let's. Uh, well, I'll go to my next one. And I want your thoughts on this because I'm thinking about making this my first live bet that I actually put money on. Cause I haven't actually bet on any of the lines that I've, I've given you guys. I've been basically throwing my money away on all these. <laughs> Avs plus seven fifty to win the Stanley cup right now. That's they're tied with the, the Knights for best odds to, to win the Stanley cup in the league. Uh, and right. And they're also plus three fifty to win the West. So I, I want your thoughts on this because I haven't put money on any of the, the bets that I've talked about. And now it's the avalanche. So I know we both want this, these two things to happen. Could this be a jinx if, it, if I do end up putting money on it? What do you think I should do? Do you think that I should put the money down for, the, for these two props? Jimmy, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I took that bet after the season ended. I took that bet after the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. I, before the draft, before everything, before I saw the free agency moves, and before getting Devin Tays, and before getting all that, I'm, trying, I'm pulling up the odds right now um, when, I, when I see all, all the bets I have in currently. But I love that. 100% I love that. I, right. I, I threw 25 bucks down that. I believe it was at plus 1050 when I took it. Um, I'll pull up the odds right now, but I don't hate that at all. I, I just didn't want to – I don't want to be the reason that they end up not having the season we want them to have. I don't want to be the jinx. So, but if you're that's, on – That's fair. That's fair. I don't, I don't hate that, though. If you're that's on board, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put 25 down on this as well. We'll see. Hopefully this happens. I'm already invested in it. I already put 215 bucks invested in my new – app, my, my, more of my Avalanche wardrobe and the reverse retro jersey. So, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll, put, I'll make this a live bet. Why not? Uh, as, no, I, 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 I mean, win that money back, Jimmy. Pay yeah. out that jersey. Pay out that jersey. Win enough to. I mean, plus, I mean, I, 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 so I, I bet that it will be almost a full calendar year when I, when that bet comes back. But the odds I had, I got it at were. Let me see. Is I'm pulling it up because my phone is so slow. Um, it was at plus nine hundred. 
Okay. So it was. I mean, it's it's decreased a little bit because as they yeah, have a great off season. Yeah, they look um, so great. I still win two hundred twenty-five dollars. So that that's gonna that's gonna I'm gonna love that when that comes in at the end of the year. There's gonna be parade, the 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 whatever the vaccine or whatever. Everything's gonna go back to normal by the beginning of summer. Hopefully, hockey's back and I'll be at the parade and the Stanley Cup games. And I will be. Spending all that two hundred twenty-five dollars. Speak it into existence. Yes, uh, we if if they do have fans at the playoffs, we got to go to a playoff game. We'll we'll make that like a vlog for the YouTube channel because that or would be, we could be media credentials for that because we've been yeah, working on that too. You know what? I would. The only bad part about that was we wouldn't be able to drink if we were in, in the media credentials. That's Other fair. than that. Everything else will be perfect, but That's I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. We'll speak it into existence. I'll put money on the line, so hopefully that it happens. I'm going to be That's praying it. every night that I get the payout on that bet. But let's let's go. That'll be hey, my just first look one. at it like that. Just just I mean, you, it's two just two lunches. Like it's twenty five dollars. It'll come out with I think it's about two fifteen, maybe the exact with eight fifty. I'm not entirely sure, but um, it can work out with all that. You'll be able to win your money. It'll be beautiful and it'll be a happy day. Um, right. But I'll, I'll I'll go with my next beat of the week. Um, I'm going this off of like like you just did with the last one. A lot of heart into this one, and I am picking Marcin Tabura to beat the shit out of Greg Hardy at minus 110 just because I don't want to see Greg Hardy to win oh, fights. Yeah. And Tybura has fought pretty well. So I think Tybura and Greg Hardy's coming off a win too, but Tybura, he, he's a, he, it's a minus 110 each. So um, I, I predict that the odds will sway toward Hardy a little bit as we get closer to the fight, but obviously we're recording this before. Um, so I think the odds will sway a little bit that way, but I'm picking Tybura to beat Greg Hardy. Yeah, I'd fuck Greg Hardy. I mean, there's no other way to no other way to put it. I hope I mean I don't want him to fight for the championship because just on that off chance that he possibly wins it, but if Nganu wins the belt, I would love sicking Nganu. It would it would be like did you ever watch the bully beatdown shows with Mayhem Miller? Mm-mm, no. no, they they would take it was on MTV and Mayhem Miller would find these guy kids who are getting bullied and bring the bullies in and fight some little UFC fighter. I think Tyron Woodley was one of them. Mayhem Miller fought a couple of them. But these bullies would just get the shit kicked out of them by professional fighters. And I think if we should just put Greg Hardy in the cage with Francis Ngannou and just let that happen because everybody I'll, everybody would like that. I'll add another bonus to that. Let's, let's, let's throw fucking idiot Jake Paul in there with fucking Connor at this point. Do you see oh him? God, it, it's so as stupid. The day that we're recording this on Tuesday, he had a viral clip of him throwing toilet paper at Dylan Dennis. Oh, he's getting so, interviewed. So stupid. Oh my God. People got to think about this for a second. Connor McGregor knocked out Cowboy Cerrone, who was a 25 year vet, one of the most storied wrestlers in UFC history in under a minute. You're telling me this little shithead is going to last more than a minute. Kick no. rocks. There's no fucking shot. No, Connor McGregor's one of the, gr- the floor. He's the best striker besides maybe Israel Adesanya in the entire organization. There's no hands down with what he's been able to do. I mean, knocking out Aldo in seven seconds. It's, it's, yeah. Sorry to get off topic, but that just well, fucking pissed me off today. More the Paul brothers are in the news very, very often. We'll have to talk about Logan and Floyd at some point. Uh, I might find out what illegal stream you watched that on, so I don't have to buy that pay-per-view. I won't uh, say it out loud. But no, I'll, no, I'll you won't. Have to, you, you don't have to say it out loud. I don't want to get us in trouble for whatever reason, but um, I'll go my next beat of the week, uh, or or actually, I just went. I just went to the yeah. Tiber. You, you what's your last one? Sorry. My next one. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Clemson's going to be able to get it done in the rematch with Trevor Lawrence, but Notre Dame right now is plus three hundred to win the ACC. Wow. And. 
right now, you know, like, well, like you were saying when we on the part of the episode with Jim that we lost, uh, if Notre Dame were to come in and win the ACC and then leave and prove that, you know, this whole thing wasn't about conferences, I just needed a place to play. I think that the school is going to want to do that because then they're going to get more money from NBC to keep their TV rights. And they're going to be able to pick and choose a little bit more what conference they go into. Cause technically they're in, um, they're in South Bend, Indiana. So they're in big 10 country. So they could be in the big 10. They compete in the ACC this year, go in, win it, beat Clemson. Who's been the, everybody says ACC's Clemson and everybody else um, plus 300 for a historical game like this could be something. I mean, how how disrespectful would it be for Notre Dame to go to the ACC, win the ACC championship, and then next year the Big Ten welcomes them in for whatever reason, and they win the Big Ten championship? Oh my God, that would just be absolute stupidity. But my just to go back to my other point, my wow wasn't you picking Clemson. My wow was plus three hundred because that's disrespectful. Um, that's just disrespectful. Um, because the plus three hundred is Notre Dame to win, correct? Okay, yeah, so that's, that's disrespectful for a team that um, just beat you earlier on in the year. Yeah, it's hard to be a team twice, um, but Notre Dame has a the talent. They have talent. There's a reason why they're the number two team in the country right now. So I don't hate that at all. Um, I would love to see what the spread is on that. I bet the spread is very, very favorable. Uh, I don't know if I'd pick uh, or pick Notre Dame to win outright, but I might pick the spread because I would guess it's probably under seven and a half in a little bit. I'll pull it up right now. Um, uh, but while you're doing that, I'll do my last beat of the week. My last beat of the week, Cowboys to beat the 49ers. Um, if the 49ers are depleted. It's plus 130 right now. That's one of the best NFL bets this week because, I mean, it's a very – I mean, you and I picked a lot of the same games, We uh, same teams here. It's a very heavily um, favorable matchup for the – for the the, not the odds It's maker, a chalk so. week. Yeah. It's a chalk week, yeah. There's a lot of teams that should beat teams this week, and that's one of the worst off games. So I had to throw in an NFL game in there. So Cowboys to beat the 49ers plus 130. You ready for this? The spread for the ACC championship is Clemson minus 10 and a half. Oh, I am fucking taking that. Oh, my God, I am taking that with all my heart. I, I am going to sound like an idiot probably, but we'll talk uh, about that more. We'll talk about that more next or – I yeah, guess we'll have to talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about the recap. Happened, yeah. yeah. What happened we'll talk about because... the recap next week on next week's episode with the bull pick them. But I, I like that a lot. My 10 and a half is disrespectful. Wow. I get in on that now because I think it's going to change closer to game time because people are going to remember what Ian book did to the Clemson defense. And if he can do it again, if he can solidify it, like, like what I said with drew lock, if you can do magic twice, then that's just who you are. If, if he wants to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks at Notre Dame, He's got to do this twice, win the ACC championship. He'd be the only Notre Dame quarterback in history to have a conference championship win. That, that would be something. Um, that would our, be something. There's our, that's all the beats of the week. That would be, you know, there's a few that I'm interested to see how they play out. Obviously, I'm going to put some money down on the abs to be successful next season. Now let's go ahead, get into play of the week and player of the week so we can wrap this up and uh, send everybody home for the weekend. Before what, we you, get what, in, you want, what you want to start with here? Because uh, there's there's some pretty good ones of both that we have. Yeah, in store. I'll do play of the week just because okay. it was it, it was an interesting situation. I was I I was on board with everybody else on the NFL Unhinged show saying in Jalen Hurts' first start going up against the Saints defense, not going to be good for him. I don't know what uh, Doug Peterson is thinking, just trying to keep his job. Blah 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 blah. It ends up working out. Jalen Hurts got a win, and he had a threw a touchdown pass. I believe it was the Rager, who's the other rookie. Jalen yep, Hurts, Hurts so good. 
Come on, come on, baby, make it hurt so good. First you're, touchdown. You're pass. just gonna, you're gonna abuse that. You're gonna abuse the hurt I love, so good. I love, you know, I love '80s music. John Cougar, <laughs> Dylan Camp's awesome. And I am, and I am gonna abuse the fuck me not fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, well, you'll be hearing that a lot more as the weeks come on. But uh, for me, there was a few of them, man. For for play of the week, I was very, very close to picking Isaac Coro, um, Isaac Okoro from Cleveland, hitting the game winner in a preseason game. I almost picked the first first poster of the year which was uh, miles bridges rising up over the top absolutely fantastic um i almost picked devin booker he absolutely cooked his defender the the guy he had on the floor was literally like like dead almost mm-hmm. but like we said i, I overhyped preseason games too much because i loved watching and i love this nuggets team so much but i'm not picking a preseason game because like i said it's preseason i will have my my There'll be more basketball as we go forward. I guarantee you that, though. But for my play of the week, I'm going to A.J. Brown, one-handed catch. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. A.J. Brown has some of the stickiest hands. And I think we have a new meme, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't. I don't think it was on the TD catch, but did you see that picture of A.J. Brown's eyes beaming out of the helmet no, uh, as he was looking at the ball? It. No. it was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It was oh, so yes, fun. yeah. And and then didn't comp put like a a latte or something in place yeah the, the Starbucks there you go. Uh, girls during girls during October pumpkin yeah. spice lattes looking up with the eyes wide open yeah. it was hilarious right. I I love it. AJ Brown has been one of the sleepers this year uh, especially fancy football so I'm going AJ Brown's one handed catch for um, play of the week he's a stud if he wasn't if he wasn't the bat the Robin to DK Metcalf's Batman he he would have a lot more fame. It's true. Um, it's true. I don't. I think those are both like. You're probably gonna win that one. Not gonna lie. Jalen Hurts touchdown pass is more of a a significance thing more more than anything else. You can uh, get the feel good moment of the week. I've I've had a few of those. Yeah. My way. I was thinking about doing Kevin Durant's first points, but like you said, it was preseason basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe you do that next week when we when we do still do the bull pick them, but maybe we'll have picks or player of the week and play of the week still. Who knows? We we should we because we got more opinions on the show next week. Next now we'll, we'll get into player of the week, and I mentioned him before. Chase Young, six tackles, two solo tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss. That's encompassed in the six tackles, um, but he had three quarterback hits and he returned a fumble for a touchdown. He's he's a stud. He's gonna be. He he's everything that Jadavian Clowney was supposed to be in his first year. He's actually he's not taking a rookie year to get going. He's able to beat really good pass blockers in this league, and that's saying something because the pass the offensive linemen in the past few years have been having summits to get together to try and beat these edge rushers, and the edge rushers are just so incredibly athletic, like Chase Young. You couldn't – he's like a creative player in Madden. You couldn't create a player any more skewed in all of the physical attributes, the arm length and, and size and definition and everything like that. You couldn't create more of a video game character, and he plays every single week in the NFL. Uh, and he's dude, a rookie. He's 20, 21 years old, 20 to 21 years old. The dude is a stud, no doubt about it. But I'm, I'm winning this one too, Jimmy. Player of the week. I am going with the quarterback that has had the best QBR by any single quarterback in a single game, and that is Drew fucking Locke, baby. 280 yards, four touchdowns, longest pass of 49 yards, 77.8% completion percentage, only missed six incompletions. The dude, 149 and a half 
QBR. The dude was absolutely amazing. If it weren't for some blunders um, by the rest of the team and the defense struggling at the end and the O-line being not solid on the right side, considering we have a revolving door of fucking right tackles. Your um, one right tackle is uh, like three years away from an AARP card. Yeah, it's it's just really bad. It's it's. I mean, if we have a better right tackle, it'd be a lot better. The only reason why he fumbled was because the fucking right tackle and I mean, we didn't have bowls either, so that hurt too. But the O line wasn't there, and he just got demolished by three dudes. That's the only reason why he fumbled. But um, Drew Lock had himself a day. He is the QB of the future. It took for me a few three or four weeks ago. I said Drew Lock you need competition. And I said, you, you're not there yet. And blah, blah, blah. And that was the fire under the ass. Obviously he needed, cause now he is the future of the Denver Broncos. The dude is playing outstanding. Uh, Tim Patrick looks, has been awesome. We didn't, we didn't even have no fan, Nick Vanette and, yeah. um, Fumagalli had absolutely fantastic games. Just imagine a top, a uh, top, not five tight end, but like eight type eight top eight tight end in the league right now, and Noah Fant being there constantly and healthy. That's even going to help him more. Um, so for that reason, I'm going Drew Lock. Drew Lock, I, I, I believe in you, man. I, I believe in you, and I'm happy to have you as my quarterback. Just don't let it go to your head. That's all I'm saying. And the last time that he had a game like this, he ran off the field saying, "Don't start booing too early." And then we all remember the stinker that he laid out there the next. Yeah. Two. Yeah, but that game, he, he sucked the first half. He just led it back to a win. So there's, there's a difference between the two games. This game is start the route. We, we just, came back, and he just, played a second-half game. This week, he played a full game. So that's why he's two weeks, Just do it two weeks in a row. I said it the, the time that he you – He did do good against the Chiefs. He did do good against the Chiefs. Okay. He, he had two touchdowns, which is more than Patrick Mahomes did because Mahomes would have had two, but he only had one. So that's why he's – I mean, Drew Locke is showing a lot more promise, and I feel a lot more better about this Broncos team than I have at the beginning of the season that's for sure I'm not going to give you too much shit because I don't want to catch all of it coming back at me next year when I'm sitting there like Joe Burrow Joe Burrow everybody loves Joe Burrow everybody just Joe Burrow Joe Burrow and you're going to be able to just look at me and go hey they're five and eleven and that's as good as they're going to be so I'm not going to give you too much shit for Drew Locke just do it two weeks in a row that's all I'm saying all right let's let's wrap this up we went on we went a little bit longer than we were expecting but it was good stuff and we didn't want to leave the, the bench warmers on YouTube now, our new bench warmers. Go ahead, subscribe, ring the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. Tell your friends. Didn't want to leave them hanging for a week without an episode because Zoom screwed up the video with Jim. And we didn't want to leave our audio bench warmers hanging with just the 50 minutes of audio because I, I think that we have a pretty good, pretty good content and we would like to give everybody um, as much as we can. And this was, this was great. We're on the network. You had your reserves rerun that, that we told Jim to put in there. And now we, we got this little tidbit in there, got to talk about some current sports that happened that we didn't get to talk about. Exactly. I mean, we're going to keep saying it. You have to bear with us. We're, I'm a dumbass. Jimmy is, is the, is, is, is smart. He's the brains of this fucking project, but we, we, we struggle with our stuff still. So we love putting content out. And like we said, man, we said it this morning, we weren't going to uh, put anything out because we weren't sure. And, and you know, the timing was well. And I told Jimmy, why don't we just record the last second half? Because why the fuck not? Because we both missed it recording, not recording Monday night. And we thought, I mean, might as well do our last segments. Yeah. Do our last segments with that. Follow the podcast on social media at FEOTB pod. We have a link tree. Go get, if you want a Jersey like Nico's, if you want a reverse retro Jersey, like I have any, any merchandise sports related whatsoever, 
Use the Fanatics link in our bio. A portion of that sale, if you buy something through that link, goes back to the network. It'll help us get better so we don't have to do this and be able to pay for Zoom Premium and all that kind of stuff. So You got to use the link. You got to use a link. Don't just go straight to Fanatics. Click on our page. If you're listening on Spotify already, just it's literally two clicks of a button. Go to our Instagram page. Go to our Twitter page. Our link tree is there. We put everything there for a reason. We're trying to help you guys out to make it easier. We promise to make it easier. All you gotta do is just click the link tree, and then you can go to our YouTube page. If you're just listening to this on Spotify or Apple, YouTube episode come out Thursday. You can be looking out for that. We have the Fanatics link. We have our we have our Instagram page, our Twitter page, literally everything on the there. unhinged. And you don't stream. want to miss it. Unhinged show as well. I mean, literally everything. Yeah, 24 hours. Unhinged Sports Network streams 24 hours. And uh, I counted it out. 2021, we have 26, or I think it was 26 or 36. I can't remember. New hours of content scheduled to come out each week for the network. That is huge for something that was started in October of this past year. And it's just volunteers. Like none of us get paid for any of that. But we got big things coming for Unhinged Sports Network. So follow them on Twitter, at Network Unhinged, Instagram, at Unhinged SN. Uh, you heard from our commissioner of the Unhinged Sports Network. If you're listening to this, Jim Renier, J-Dash of the J-Dash show, there's tons of stuff coming up with that. So be follow them too. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend to listen to us. Just continue to spread the good word of hit the far the end bell. of the bench. Hit, hit, hit the bell. Get notifications turned on. Because we, we put good content every out every single week. I'll be live tweeting the Christmas games, um, but the, Bron- the Nuggets game especially. Jimmy will be live tweeting some football games as well. He might live tweet the Monday Night Football game. Actually, maybe not because we're recording. We're so recording, mind, yeah. Either, either way, the, the, we, we interact with everyone on Twitter, on Instagram. Our Instagram has not been as good as our Twitter, obviously, because, I mean, I slack in that department because I'm a fucking idiot sometimes. But, I mean, we, we have good content everywhere. And don't – I mean, everyone on the network, like we said, we have an NBA show. I mean, I might as well release the names – because I mean, we'll, we'll just throw that out there. We have three in the key, yep. the three three ball in the key for the NBA, three in the key NBA unhinged show that will be coming out with myself, the reserves, Dennis um, from Sports and Things, and we will have a rotating seat where you might see Jimmy, or I'm pointing the wrong way. You might see Jimmy on there. Um, so you might see Jimmy on there in a few weeks, but Jim will be our first guest next week, so you'll have to be on the lookout for that too as well. Um, and then Jimmy will be on two for chirping yep. with NHL show coming out in January. So you guys will love to see that, man. Because Jimmy is a diehard hockey fan now. I try to get him into basketball. He's not there yet. I still got to help him with a few more things, but he's a diehard hockey fan. So he's, you're going to really enjoy all that. I love physicality. And, and it's two Canadian guys schooling an American on, on the great game of hockey. It's their sport. So I might as well learn from the best. And I'll throw in my little barbs every now and then, because obviously I'm going to be pro-American in that one. Um, but it's going to be fun. Two for chirping is going to be great with the bleacher connection guys. Everything unhinged sports network is going to be great with that. Thank you for listening to far end adventure episode 19. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.